warning. Pop culture leftovers might not be suitable for people who can't handle insane amounts of profanity, so you might want to fuck off. Pop culture leftovers might take its time getting around to its advertised content as well. If this is a huge problem for you, then you too can fuck off. Pop culture leftovers typically has a long run time as well. If you can't handle a four to six hour podcast, then you probably won't like us, and you too can join the aforementioned cock thistles and fuck off altogether in unison. Others who may not be able to handle pop culture leftovers include children under the age of 14, if you regularly listen to NPR, are a pregnant woman that has spent most of your first, second, and third trimester looking at stupid shit on both Etsy and Pinterest, if you tuck in your t-shirts, if you use a Bluetooth headset in public, if you go to motivational speaking seminars, if you have life goals, if you have self-respect, if you have a heart condition, if you're a huge pussy, if you're a huge pussy with a heart condition, or if your name is Melvin, TFS706, or TJ Lamb. Everyone else, please enjoy. Episode 336. There's already like 7 million podcasts Talking about pop culture and it's all that Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat But it's all been done before We don't want to be a copycat We're the leftovers picking up the scraps Dropped by the cool kids it, it, It's a trap Good it, toss it, good it, Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, clean erase it Let's embrace the Tupperware party Subculture spill over like a vulture Carry over counterculture Push over pop culture Leftovers are you ready for the only podcast hotter than a human torch? It's Pop Culture Leftovers. Five, four, three, two, one. Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm Jake. And no, we're, we're the, the Leftovers. leftovers. Yeah, Jake. Yeah, Jake. Lazy Saturday. I did a little bit of stuff outside today, mowed the lawn, uh, and uh, uh, did some laundry and shit like that. But Lazy Saturday, got myself fucking into a... Uh, uh, <laughs> it was a dad rock Saturday for me, just listening to dad rock on Spotify. Oh, that's awesome. Do you have like a dad rock preferred radio? Is there an actual station for that? No, not a preferred. I just, I just flip around to my favorite dad rock bands. And so <laughs> you haven't made the perfect dad rock playlist oh yet. Oh God, I need to do that. Oh my God. It would be, it would be gotta have some John Cougar Mellencamp on there. Yeah. Jack and Diane. Jack and Diane. And then fucking the, like the next 17 songs are just going to be Don Henley. I was going to say Eagles, so we were right there on the same page. <laughs> yeah, yeah, some Don Henley, and then uh, Bruce Springsteen, <laughs> oh, the boss. <laughs> yeah, Jesus, he's like the ultimate dad rock. Oh, man, and then maybe some Creed, <laughs> finish it off with some Creed. <laughs> Creed? That's dad rock, bro. That is dad oh, rock. God. I'm not, I don't like Creed. It's just dad rock. If I'm fitting with, if I'm sticking with the theme, I got my arms wide open, you know? I thought you were going to say like Creedence Clearwater, but you just stopped right at the Creed. Oh, Creedence. fuck. I love Creedence Clearwater. CCR all day. Yeah. John Fogarty. I just want to, I just want to sit around, drink some Pabst Blue Ribbon and listen to Don Henley. <laughs> <laughs> look at, look at my lawn. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, you listened to proper dad rock, though. You weren't fucking around. Except I don't know about the Creed still. Yeah, I know. It, it didn't make it into the rotation. I'll be honest with you. It didn't make it in today's rotation. But there was a lot of Don Henley going on. <laughs> dirty Laundry? What's another Don Henley big hit? Dirty, oh, Dirty Laundry. 
the end of uh, Innocence. This is the end, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. end of the innocence. Yeah. <laughs> Woo. Fucking New York Minute. Yeah, no, I love New York Minute. <laughs> Don't even get- That's the most dad rocked on him. Lisa. Oh, I'm, I'm just now my mouth is just salivating for another Pabst Blue Ribbon. I just want to, <laughs> I just want to go out and look at my lawn and drink, drink New York Minute. Hey, we got a guest this week, Jake. Yeah, we do. We do have a guest from New York. Welcome, Rebecca. Hey, thanks for having me. And uh, you just named all the bands that my father regularly listens to. So yeah, I can't confirm. I Bad did, rock. I did absolutely. A, I did a little bit of a palate <laughs> cleanser before we recorded on our last break. I did listen to some Run the Jewels. So I was like, I cannot go. I cannot go into this episode. Just, you know, uh, just, just all, uh, sugared, amped up on, uh, fucking dad rock. I, I had to listen to something else. Would all the dad rock make you do dad jokes? I think those are going to come anyway, Jake. I don't think there's any way around. <laughs> you already do dad jokes, though, Brian. So I, you're ahead of the I think my jokes. I think, I don't think like the full Venn diagram of my jokes are all dad jokes. I don't Not think. Not all, but you, you do do some. I, yeah, there are, I'd say there's a, there's a balance. You know what I mean? If you're looking at, if you're looking at the nutritional information on the side of a cereal box, then I'd say about 25% of, uh, of the, of the jokes are dad jokes. The rest is, uh, niacin and B12. A little bit of D in there. <laughs> That's where I was at too. <laughs> yeah, the FDA requires 20 to 30% dad jokes every episode. That's true. And I'm gonna deliver. I'm gonna deliver. All right, what the fuck? Rebecca, excited to have you back on. Oh, thanks. I'm happy to be here. It's been a minute since uh, we got to record together. Yeah, I wasn't sure if we'd be able to pull you away from all that exciting Quibi content. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did I, did I did I touch a button there? No, no, you did not. You did not. <laughs> Quibi, Quibi. Does Rebecca have stock in Quibi? Oh, she I was did not have stock in Quibi. <laughs> she was a big. She was a. You're a big. You're a big uh, Quibi believer. I I was. I mean, I. I don't know. I guess I was very optimistic about it. I thought it was an excitingly different premise, and I thought it would. You know, I thought it would deliver, and I don't think it has. Uh, I mean, I'm 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 uh, big enough to say that it did not deliver as I had hoped it would. But um, you know, at the time, I thought it was a really interesting and cool premise. Are you I'm sorry are, that it didn't you know, work out? Are you uh, are you blaming? Are you blaming the coronavirus, or are you just like the rest of us, and you just blaming shitty content? No, no, it's not, not the coronavirus. I think they just didn't have good stuff on there. I think it's, it's, it's shitty. I mean, I watched a few episodes here and there of stuff and I was just like, uh, come on guys. <laughs> like, I felt like, guys, come on. I was like your biggest cheerleader. Why did you let me down like this? <laughs> yeah, they still haven't, they, I don't know. They're not doing well. I mean, they're already talking about, uh, their executives taking, uh, senior executives taking a 10% reduction in pay. And, uh. Well, I mean, didn't the CEO, like, on Twitter or something come out pretty, or not on Twitter, but maybe like in a press release pretty quickly come out and say, yeah, we haven't performed as we'd hoped. <laughs> like he, he wasn't even sugarcoating it. Like he was pretty much like, yeah, it's not good. <laughs> yeah. They drop, what is it? They drop $1.75 billion in funding and they've only got 1.6 million users. 
that signed up during that 90-day free trial. I canceled mine today, Jake. So July 6th, I'm done with Quibi. Thank God. Thank God. Yeah, same day, same day for me. And that's an interesting point that everyone that's on Quibi got three free months. So they've spent all that money and not seen a cent in return yet. Yeah, yeah. And the app has fallen out of the top 200. It's like at, it's like at 1000 something at this point. It's just Quibi is a dying, yeah, it's a dying service. And we haven't even gotten the Spielberg stuff. We haven't gotten the Antoine Fuqua stuff. Yeah. And, and it's so, Funny because like that was the stuff that I was so excited about, like the Steven Spielberg, the Antoine Fuqua. I was just like, oh my gosh, like they're really getting diverse here. They're getting different voices, and and it's like the service may not survive to even get us to that point. And it's yeah. just, ugh. Yep, Quibi. I don't, I don't see it sticking around, man. I think kids are just going to get back on the TikTok and the YouTube. Yeah, that's pretty bad. It's number 25 if you just narrow it down to entertainment apps. Uh-huh. But Overall, things that are above yeah. it are, are ridiculous. Like, it's Tubi is number 13. It's for all, all, all the content on Tubi's free, though. That should tell you something about, you know what I mean? About their, their about their business model. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Anyway. YouTube Kids is 18. Funimation and Crunchyroll are, are both above it. Good for, I, oh God. I can't, I can't live without my Funimation and Crunchyroll. Yeah, no. That's fucking air, man. I think Don Henley sang a song about that. <laughs> Stupid dad joke right there. Sorry. <laughs> dads are very, most dads are very confused by Crunchyroll and Funimation. Though. That's true. Crunchyroll. Yeah. My dad's like, what? Can I eat that? <laughs> they got rice, you got rice in it. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, everybody, we, uh, if you haven't listened to it yet, uh, me, uh, Ryan Dross from Star Joe's, Dan West, and, uh, Scott Schutte, we, uh, interviewed, uh, Joe Alves, the production uh, designer from Jaws, and, uh, he was telling us some really great stories. Interesting guy. Hey, guy has worked with so many p- different people in Hollywood. Worked with, uh, I'm not gonna spoil a lot here. He, but, cause I want you to listen to it, but man, he's worked with some big names, and I'm talking like, I'll throw one out. He worked with Hitchcock. Oh wow! Yeah, I mean, it 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 it, it was a pretty awesome interview. He started to, you know, he told us he had just gotten he had a, had an interview with Kevin Smith the week before. He's been just doing the rounds on this uh, Jaws 45th anniversary. If you listen to the episode, I give you, uh, um, I, I tell you how you can win. Uh, we got five access to five of the uh, 4K Blu-rays. That we can send to people, and I give you a little bit of uh, information on how you can win those. So listen to the episode. But uh, yeah, he was starting to get Joe was starting to get tired towards the end of that interview. Oh really? Oh, he was getting tired. He was getting tired, man. <laughs> starting to get like was, Luther Shaver tired. Yeah, he was getting ready to go. He was like, I don't know, man. I bet he didn't get tired with Kevin Smith. I bet he fucking was yakking his fucking head off with Kevin Smith. I bet he didn't tell Kevin he wanted to go nighty night, you know? But you think he knows the difference between Kevin Smith and us? Oh, hundred <laughs> percent. He he got my name wrong at the end. He called me Bruce. He named me after the shark. It was fucked up. Yeah. That's hilarious. No, he was a sweetheart. He was a sweetheart, had some great fucking stories and just a blast to talk to. So I don't know. I, I really enjoyed it. I, I want to thank, I want to thank a couple people right now. I want to thank, um, 
I want to thank Brooke Doherty for, uh, you know, she does everything with, uh, with the Rotten Tomatoes stuff and she sends me, sends me articles all the time. She's fantastic. She does, I think she does both the Tumblr and Instagram for PCL. So I want to thank her. She's just a fantastic person. Um, and she, she puts a lot on her shoulders and I really appreciate that. And then I want to, I want to, um, I want to thank Anthony Hook who does our website. He just does a fantastic job. So taking a little time out to thank some people. I guess I listened to all that Don Henley music and it just made me want to <laughs> be thankful for shit. Yeah, that's, that, there's so much social media. So it's always nice to have some backup and, uh, yeah. have someone running some of the other ones. Yeah. I got a gift. Uh, somebody, somebody, uh, it's, uh, one of our listeners, long time listeners and friend, uh, Yaden. Yaden sent us a gift, sent me a gift here and uh, I'm opening it right now. What did you send me? God, please tell me. I, I, here we go. Oh, fuck you. Oh, Yaden, you son of a bitch. Thank you. This is, uh, I uh, sent me a bottle. I had to sign for this today because it was out, al- it's alcohol and I had to sign for it. So I had, to, I was mowing the lawn and the FedEx guy came up and I signed for it. Uh, Tahoe Blue Vodka. Tahoe Blue. I've never heard of that. Made with Tahoe. Mm, made with Tahoe. Nice. Made with Tahoe water. Uh, made with pristine Tahoe water. This unique three vodka blend is as smooth as Lake Tahoe itself, inspired by Tahoe's endless beaches and snow-kissed mountains. Our unique recipe offers a crisp, balanced flavor that's won a multiple of tasting awards, including Best of Class by industry experts. Oh, man. Yeah, I'm going to hang on. We're going to crack into that tonight. Not tonight. I'm gonna I'm gonna hold on to this one for a future episode. I'm gonna get fucked up on Tahoe Blue. <laughs> <laughs> I look forward to that. That uh, should be a good second half of a pop culture leftovers episode. I will end the night on with Tahoe Blue Balls. I'm sure. <laughs> so that'll be fun. Thank you, Yaden. And if you know Yaden, keep him in your thoughts. He's got a lot going on right now. If you know, you're in the know, and you know. If you don't know, then you don't know, and you don't need to know. But if you know, you're in the know. Yeah, some real need-to-know shit there. It is. It's a need-to-know basis. Uh, but, yeah, keep <laughs> keep Yaden in your thoughts. He's a great fucking guy. He's got some shit going on. Love you, Yaden. Thank you so fucking much. I'm going to really enjoy the fuck out of that Tahoe Blue. Award-winning, Jake. Award winning from the snow kissed mountains. Snow kissed mountains of Tahoe. <laughs> made from the waters of Tahoe, sir. Pristine waters. Pristine Don't waters. Pristine. I think John Cougar Mellencamp wrote a song about Tahoe Blue. <laughs> he probably did. <laughs> probably did. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds more like a Jimmy Buffett song to me. Yeah. You ever hear these ads on the radio about like the, you know, they got some guy, hi, my name's Walter Kemper and I uh, smoked two packs of cigarettes for. 37 years and then I went to Brett Herman and he hypnotized me and now I don't smoke anymore. Thank you, Brett. I have heard commercials like that. Is it all just smoking and like weight loss? You're asking are those the only things you could be hypnotized for? Is that the only things they really advertise for? Because I think there's a whole fucking thing that they're not tapping into. Hmm. I think those are two of the big things that you could get people to pay for. Yeah. What if your wife doesn't enjoy anal? Oh. You know what I mean? I'd, I'd like to hear the radio ad for that. 
Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like, hi, I'm Susie Sherman. And I don't like a dick in my ass. I got hypnotized by Brett Herman. And now I love being poked in the pooper. You know, I mean, I'm just saying. There's, I mean, there's, there's so many things that you could, that you could do with that. Like some, so many, like you could open up so many sexual doors, Jake, uninhibited sexual doors. I'm talking, I'm talking, you know, I'm talking in a way that would sweep the nation. Remember, remember the, the, uh, what was it? What was that? Uh, the erotic dance. What was that called? The, the Lombada, the Lombada. The Lombada. And like all these old people, you know what I mean? I'm talking guys with saggy balls down to their fucking ankles are doing the Lombada with their wives. And everybody, even like you go to the senior homes, they're all doing the Lombada. They're all getting freaky and shit. This could be the next sexual revolution, Jake. Hypnotists getting, and I, I don't, and you could say it could work the other way. Like you could, like she could get the husband in there and now he wouldn't be obsessed with anal. But I, honestly, I don't think any guy is going to go in there and and be like, yeah, please, I, I don't want to be obsessed with anal anymore. I think it's going to – I think they're going to try to flip it. You know what I mean? <laughs> but that has to be like the worst anniversary gift you could get your loved one, right? Oh. I, I got you a hypnotist that's going to make it so you like anal now. What if it? No, this is this is this is like this is like a this is like a fight that they've had for years. They everything else, everything else, you know, the finances, they they finances, the kids, everything else works out in their marriage. But sometimes daddy just wants to stick his cock in her ass. You know what I mean? And now, yeah. now, that's a hurdle. That's a hurdle. But now it's like you know you're getting sleepy. You're getting sleepy. Boom. You love anal, you know? So I think, I, I think it could be beneficial, you know? There's, there's benefits there, Jake. No, I'm sure you'd get people to pay for that. What are you thinking, Rebecca? Yeah. No, no, no. I, I think you're on to something because, uh, I think this could make people less inhibited. Like, if someone was like, you know, I've always wanted to try a threesome, but I'm so shy and I'll go to the hypnotist and all of a sudden, boom, you're on Tinder. You got, you hook up with a couple. It's all good. Like it could, it could work. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. So the, the, the possibilities are endless. They, they really are. Yeah, you just would want to have consent, right, for both parties to no, make that work. No, you don't want to hypnotize someone without them knowing that they've been hypnotized. No, you want to Bill Cosby the fuck out of the situation, bro. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm assuming consent's already been established. No, you, you, <laughs> you, I, I figure here. You tell your fucking prude bitch of a wife that you're going antiquing. Okay, next thing you know, you're nailing, <laughs> you're nailing that butthole. All right. Yeah, like maybe like maybe you get like a code word or something, you know, when you say like whatever sausage and gravy, then all of a sudden she wants anal. Yes. Oh, man. Yeah, no, I think I think going antiquing should be the code. Like, I think like, hey, honey, you want to go antiquing? Boom. Like, I just think that that would like be the I mean, it's a pretty good euphemism, I think. <laughs> yeah, not bad. Butts in the air going antiquing. Yeah. You're deep diving into her chocolate starfish. Yeah. <laughs> You're Cot Cousteau. <laughs> that was the daddiest joke so far this episode. Oh, it was right good. Now. It was good. 
<laughs> Here beneath the sheets of the bed, I am Cuck Cousteau. Yes. <laughs> and you have a water bed. It's perfect. Oh, my God. It's all coming together. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I just think that that's – I think it's untapped. Buttholes. A lot of buttholes have been untapped, too. But I think, like, this whole market of hypnotism is untapped as well. So got an email here. It's an update uh, from our listener that sent us an email last week, Jake. And uh, uh, I, I didn't know if this person, I didn't know how to pronounce her name. I didn't know if they were a boy or a girl. Had no idea. I'm just reading the fucking email. And so I, I got an update here. And it says, hello again. First, I'm really sorry uh, for misspelling your name. Ha <laughs> ha. So, yeah, this person, I I, I, I called him, uh, what, Heya. We called him Heya. We called him Hessa. We called him... Whatever. I mean, we fucked this person's name up. And um, she spelled my name Brain. But anyway, she goes, to update you guys, I'm not a guy, LOL. My name is pronounced with an H sound, like the name Tessa, but with H instead of a T. So just as you said it first, Jake, it was the easiest one, Hessa. Ah. Boy, she, 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 it was like a mind game. Yeah. Thing. We couldn't pronounce it correctly. Yeah. Just go away from the easiest one. Cause if that wasn't, if that wasn't in the email, I would have just been like, Hey, we got an email from Hessa. Same. Hessa, you're a trickster. You're like fucking Loki over there and shit. Um, my note at the end confused you. I'm sorry about that. Hey, ya is a different Arabic female name, but no worries. I like being called Hey, ya throughout the episode. <laughs> Uh, forgot to mention that I understand English pretty well. It's just some of the shows that you talk about and certain old things that I have no idea what they are. Thank you, Brian. And again, I'm really sorry for misspelling your name. Hopefully I got it right this time. Ha ha. And that comes from Hessa. Hessa, thank you for, thank you for listening all the way over there in Saudi Arabia. That's fucking amazing. Jake, we, we got quite the reach, sir. Yeah, we're a fucking global phenomenon. We are. You can't stop us. I'm gonna. I, we, we need to hypnotize some new listeners. Yeah. <laughs> Buy some radio time. Yeah, I need to hypnotize all the one stars. Yeah, make it so whenever they hear the word Rogan, they want to listen to Pop Culture Leftovers. Oh God, yeah, That's a good idea. I was, <laughs> I was listening to his uh, interview with Tony Hawk today. That's good. Oh yeah, is that recent? Uh, within the last few weeks i think it was good love me some tony hawk yeah tony hawk's fucking great people yeah anyway are you guys ready to move into good pop bad pop no itunes reviews yeah. oh god no no <laughs> oh god no you said that's so dire i'm mean, after last week were you expecting any <laughs> at least half a dozen <laughs> absolutely none this week none Jesus, we need to hypnotize the listeners we have to give iTunes reviews. I don't want to hear back from them. I want to hear new people. We got this one person that just keeps updating their fucking review, and I, I refuse to read updated reviews. If like I know Multiple times? More multi than once? Jake, I'm telling you, uh, for months now, for months, this person. And then they'll try to be tricky about it. They were doing it every, like, couple weeks, and then they were trying to be all tricky about it. And then they waited a few months. They were just like, you know what I mean? They're just like a fucking, like a, a big mountain cat, like waiting in the, waiting in the tall grass. Just waiting. <clears throat> Sorry, fuckhead. I'm not reading your fucking email, your iTunes review again. You're done. You had your one shot. 
It's over. Not doing it again. Yeah, that's weird. That's weird. If you've got more stuff to say, send an email. No, Jake, don't, don't, no. <laughs> Jake's coming in with bad ideas. Like, uh, <laughs> send an email. God, that was the worst fucking suggestion ever. <laughs> the that's less- how desperate I am for iTunes reviews. <laughs> oh, God. No, please don't do that. Anyway, let's jump in. Yeah, no iTunes reviews this week. Thanks, everybody, for the love. Really appreciate it. Felt special this week. Good pop, bad pop. Here we go. It's time for more leftover reviews with good pop, bad pop. Good pop, bad pop is where we talk about the things in the previous week and or weeks that we either watched or read. Sometimes we rate these things. And if this is your first time listening, we'd like you to be familiar with our rating system. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. Oh, honey, tonight we're going to, after that fucking hypnotist visit, we're going to drink some blue Tahoe and I'm going to bang you in the butt. That's romantic. Then we're going to listen to pop culture leftovers. Yes, that is, that is, that's romance. That is romance. Anal, anal sex is just so romantic. Oh man, that's what everyone, that's what every woman wants to hear. It's just so romantic. Anal sex. It's just, it's, you know, flowers, candy, poem, butt sex. Yeah, it's right yeah. there. I mean, it's oh. right up there. So, <laughs> oh man, who says that romance and chivalry is dead? Are you kidding me? Oh my gosh. So many penises ready to enter the rusty sheriff's badge. It's just beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. Uh, good pop, bad pop this week. I, uh, Jake, I started, uh, Rami season two. This is the Hulu show. Oh, I didn't even know season two existed. It dropped, I think, like maybe two weeks ago or something like that. Yeah. And uh, this is uh, the uh, comedy. It's kind of like a Caribbean enthusiasm type comedy uh, featuring uh, Rami. And uh, it's uh, a lot of it. It's it's based around uh, Muslim religion and, and, and how he how how a young Muslim in his 20s is kind of like, uh, um, you know, navigating life and, and still trying to be a good Muslim, but still also wants to, you know, do some things out there in the world, like, you know, dating and, and sex and, and, uh, you know, trying to resist drinking and drugs and all these things. And I, Jake, I loved the first season. I thought it was absolutely fantastic and absolute Tupperware. I loved the first season, uh, getting into the second season, I'm, I'm going to start off. I'm just going to tell you, I'm giving it a taste it right now. I'm six hmm. episodes. I finished six episodes. Um, and the, the main reasons is like, it's, it's doing some really great things. It's hitting a lot of social issues, but it's not as funny as the first season. Like the, like I have no problem with a show like this that can tackle the social issues. It is, but it's not as funny. As it was the first season. That's the precedent you set here, Rami. That first season was just fucking hilarious. You were hitting the social issues, but you were, it was also funny. Um, I've watched one episode that I found very funny. He visits a, uh, oh, Mahershala Ali is in this season and he's great. 
Um, but, uh, he visits like an oil sheik to get funding for a mosque. And, uh, there's a whole, uh, storyline about breast milk that is just hilarious. That's the funniest episode so far that I've encountered this season. And in all actuality, there's some stuff, there's some, I don't know, there's some stuff that Rami did at the end of last season and then in this season that I'm not, I'm not as like connected with the character. I don't like some of the decisions that he's making this season. So I'm hoping that I like the character a little bit more by the end of the season. Um, there's, uh, some great episodes with his mom though and then his sister. But, uh, overall, I just, right now, the way it's looking, it's just a taste it from me. I want, make Rami funny. I mean, let, let, like, let, let's get it back to where it was. It was so funny, um, last season. And, um, I just, I'm just not, uh, I'm not enjoying it as much this season, sadly. Yeah, that's unfortunate. I, I loved the first season. I mean, mm-hmm. it was a giant Tupperware for me, but you're right. It did both the social issues and it was just absolutely hilarious. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe there was just the pressure of kind of the all eyes on me from, you know, winning an Emmy. Yeah. And then also it's like, I just got done watching Dave on FX slash Hulu. And that show is just hysterical. And I loved it. Absolute Tupperware. And maybe I'm just like still reeling from how great and funny that show was. I don't know. I, I, I'd love to hear from other people that are watching Rami season two. I, I still like it, but I'm not loving it like I did last season. And I burned through season one. And I mean, I was, I was going pretty steady in season two until I kind of hit a bump. So. Hopefully. I feel like they don't promote this show very well at all either. I, I never heard anyone talking about the first season until it won an award, and yeah. I haven't even heard anyone talking about a second season being released. Yeah, they're about as bad as Amazon was with Fleabag. Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah, I mean, spend some money. It takes money to make money. You know, you want to bring eyes to this thing. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, I did watch, uh, a movie, a video on demand movie. This is one I've been waiting for, for about a month when I first heard about it. Uh, it, uh, it, uh, it's, it's called Hammer. Rebecca, I know you saw this one. Yeah, I did. And yeah, this, this came out recently. A father faces a personal crisis when he discovers his estranged son fleeing a botched drug deal. The two men embark on a violent odyssey that grapples with themes of fatherhood, family, and fate. And uh, this one stars Will Patton. I, I love Will Patton. I just, I, I, I don't know. I think Will. I guarantee me and Will Patton. I think me and Will Patton would have a just a wonderful time listening to Don Henley drinking Paps Blue Ribbon and and fucking you know admiring my uh, newly mowed lawn. I could see that. I think you'd slap the beer out of your hand though when you put Creed on. Oh, <laughs> you're, you're right. He, he'd be like, he'd be like, dude, why Creed? You mi- you mistyped that, didn't you? It's supposed to be CCR. Creed, it's Clearwater Revival. You set up a bitch. <laughs> I mean, will you guys also stand around the barbecue and and make noises as you watch meat grill up? Like mm, that one, that one's ready to flip. Yeah, yeah, flip that one because that's a dad thing too. Totally. And then we'd talk to each other about going to see that hypnotist and getting our, uh, you know, significant others the, the <laughs> anal. You know what I mean? How'd that work out for you? Yeah, I'm banging the pooper every night, buddy. Uh, high five. You know, oh, fist bump. That's what we do now. <laughs> anyway, hammer, hammer. Uh, 
Yeah, love Will Patton. He's a great character actor, and I think I think Will Patton's like great at like two kinds of roles. He's really good at like the uh, the grizzled old army vet, and you know, like he, he's like you know the guy. Uh, fuck, he like you know like General Patton. His last name's Pat. He's great. At, he he kind of played that in uh, what was it? He's done he's done a he did a military movie. I know he did. I know he did. And then he did, uh, he was in, what was that fucking, uh, the TNT show, the sci-fi one? He was kind of like a military leader there with the aliens. Uh, oh, what the fuck was that? With the, Falling Skies? Uh, Falling is. Skies, yeah, yeah, yeah. That and was a good show. Falling Skies was, I, I enjoyed that show. I enjoyed it until like the last season. I think it kind of fizzled out. I, I was, it, it, it did, but yeah. I thought it, it I, I thought before that, like it, oh, it, yeah. It was a really good show. It's fantastic, and then he's really good at playing like the 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 shitbag, unreliable husband slash father. That's kind of like you know maybe an alcoholic and, and maybe just a burden on his family. He's great at those two roles. You know what I mean? He played that in Armageddon. He's that shit father. Yeah, it's kind of typecast in that role a little bit, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. He's really good at playing a shitty dad. <laughs> <laughs> but uh Rebecca, what do you think about tell us a little bit about Hammer and what you thought about it. Yeah, you know, this is this is a really interesting movie because when I first started watching it and even like when I finished it, I was like, Yeah, that was an okay movie. And then the more I thought about it, the more I actually liked it, the more I got away from the movie. Um, to the point that I actually think this would have, I, I wanted more, um, when this movie ended. I felt like I, I, I could have gotten more character development. I wanted more character development. I wanted to know more about the backstories of these people. Um, I, I'm gonna give this movie a high taste. I can't quite Tupperware it because I felt like the ending left me a little wanting. Um, and I, I wasn't, I felt like the, the, the mom character was like relegated to such a, I don't know, like it's such a stereotypical, oh, sorry, I'm so menopausal. That's why I'm so, um, emotional. And, and I don't know. Those are like small nitpicks with this movie i i thought it was a really good independent thriller um i really enjoyed watching this father get pulled into the drama of his son's life um and it it, it did surprise me in parts of what happened like i didn't expect certain things to happen that did so um i'm gonna give this a high taste i i would watch it again and i would recommend that people watch it I like this one. I didn't love it. I would wait for this one to come out maybe on like Netflix or Amazon or something like that. I liked it. I didn't love it. I think like some of the characters, you're talking about some of the things where the characters aren't fleshed out enough. I I didn't really have a problem with the mom because I think like we kind of got like what her deal was in this movie where she was more – here's the thing. Her son – they they've got an older son who who had been involved in in these drug deals and it 
once he got busted, it tore the family apart and almost tore the family apart. And uh, they excommunicated him, excommunicated him. The movie starts with the mom talking to Will Patton, the father, about, you know, recently putting the dad in, in one of these retirement homes and the dad's miserable. And uh, Will Patton is kind of just like, you know, he doesn't want to talk about it. She wants she wants him to move into the house. And I think like. The the main thing here is like I think with that storyline was like you know you've excommunicate you're not worried about your son I know I know I know it's your father and that that is that is important but you've you know you've excommunicated your son here we've got unresolved issues with our with our child and so um, but uh, here's a drug deal that goes bad and they're driving down this you know. Lone, like this, this very lonely road, and uh, and there's a lot of cornfields in this movie. I don't know where it takes place. You know, I would assume like Iowa or Illinois or something like that. I don't know, but um, it's it's kind of a you you find out that this this drug deal is kind of a setup, and uh, one of the guys involved in it gets shot, and they're double crossed, and now the son is on the run, and um, and then. You know, goes to the father's house and the father helps him throughout this, this whole, this whole thing. Um, I, I liked it enough. There, there were parts that I really liked. I didn't like the son, Jeremy. I thought that they did nothing with him, really. I was not a fan of Jeremy, the, the uh, younger Je- son. Yeah, I didn't, yeah, I, I agree. I felt like the, I don't want to spoil anything, but I felt like the twist was like, oh, okay. Like, I, I it didn't, over it, it didn't like oh my god like, it didn't blow me away um j- just one thing if we could just go back to the mom character for a second i felt like i felt like mom in this movie made a decision to put the son out of the out of the house and, and if i i think using the term excommunicate the son i think that that's appropriate for what happened because he was a drug dealer he was he was involved in dealing drugs she I think she made a very tough decision to put him outside of the family in the effort to protect the rest of the family. And I felt like no one else in the family saw it. Everybody blamed the mom like, oh, well, because you put him out. Now he's worse. And it's like, but if he would have stayed with them, that doesn't mean that he would have like left dealing drugs and become a, a different person. Um I felt like there was a lot of blame placed at her feet and it was like – because even there's a scene toward the end where he tells his dad like, oh, I know that you didn't want me to leave. Like I, I – it's almost like he's saying I know that like you really love me, not like mom. And I, I just I, – I didn't – I didn't that that didn't sit right with me because I felt like wh- where's mom's answer in all of this saying I did this to protect the family and and I just – I felt like it was very one-sided and and that's what I didn't really like about that. Well, maybe she didn't do it to protect the family. This kind of hits really close to home with me because I've had this happen in my family, not with me personally, but with a, a sibling of mine where mm. they were excommunicated and it wasn't to protect the family. It was over shame and mm. this happens. And I think blood is thicker and this first incident, they should have tried to bring their mm. son in and help their son. If it's repeated, 
then you've got to, there's a moment where you do have to wash your hands clean if it is starting to affect, you know, the other son, Jeremy, and things like that. But I think that they gave up too soon. And it felt like there was resentment on, there was resentment. Will Patton's character had a little bit of resentment towards his wife towards that. And I think that's, that's why he didn't really want to open up mm-hmm. about the father being sent to that home. So I think mm-hmm. like in, within this story, um, I don't think that the mother made the right decision in, in this, in this story. And I think it kind of, I, you know, it, kids remember those kind of things. Like when you need your family most, and they're not there for you. That, I mean, that's, that's who you, that's who you, that's who you want to go to is your family. And so like, mm-hmm. I don't know. That's just where I'm coming from with this. No, story. no, I, I totally appreciate what you're saying. And, and I, I think this is a moment where the movie could have benefited from more backstory, more character development more fleshing out of the characters. I almost would have loved to have seen the same story as like maybe a mini series or because I actually wanted to know more about these characters. Um, I, I get that the movie is definitely presented as almost like a, a slice of life. Cause the whole thing only takes place in, in just a matter of hours within one day. Yeah. Um, well the movie's super I, short too. It's 82 minutes. It is. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's super short. And I actually thought the length of this film for the story that they were telling, um, it w- was, what was fine. Um, I, I did, I think Will Patton though is like the real standout here. And I, I think you're probably feeling something similar to that. But I, I think watching him just get pulled into a little bit further and a little bit further and a little bit further. And we see him doing things that stepping over lines. I think that was truly fascinating to oh, watch. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought he did a great job showing that. The the pawn shop scene. I'm not going to spoil it, but yeah, you're absolutely Dude. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. That, and, that was intense. Mm-hmm. That was intense. I mean, th- that was, th- yeah. There are some great moments in this movie and I highly recommend that you watch it. Uh, so, um, I just think that they, I think some of the act, like Jeremy, I don't think was the best actor in this, that character, the, the, the actor that played Jeremy, I don't think he was the best. Um, and, and, um, but a great length of this movie. And I think you're right. Like this would have been, you know, like a, like a series like Bloodline on, on Netflix where they stretch it out a little bit more and you get a little bit more backstory from like yeah. people in the family. Yeah. Like I agree. that, I would have loved to have seen a little bit more of that. Um, that's really like my only nitpick is that there's not more of like these really interesting characters and i mean i i guess that says a lot about a movie if you're like yeah i just wanted more of it like that's i wanted a second helping with pretty much and um i did think that watch like even in that close to the end of the movie i won't i won't spoil but like the scene in in the cornfield towards the end um i mean it's very shocking um everything that just happens there yeah. and then again just to see how far people will go um and even like with the at the the 
I don't want to talk about the ending because I, I don't want to know anything. But I, I, yeah, I just, I, I do think this is definitely worth watching. I mean, if you don't want to drop the money on VOD, that's totally fine. But I do think that if it becomes available and you can watch it like on, as you said, net, uh, Netflix or, or Amazon, d- definitely watch it. I think yeah. it's worth watching. Yeah. I mean, the hook is like basically like the setup where there's a double cross. The son double crosses the other guy that's, you know, there to pick up the, the drug money. And you find out that the the drug dealer's girlfriend is also in on it, pulls a gun on him, shoots him. They're driving away on a motorcycle. The drug dealer shoots and hits her in the back. He's flying down the road on this motorcycle. She eventually, like, loss of blood, like, passes out. And he just kind of, like, tucks her away very quickly in a cornfield and part of the movie is like where the fuck did i leave her is she still alive or dead yes. so i mean it's, yes. it, 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 it's kind of a race against time this is a definitely a movie that i recommend people watch because there's a lot going on in it there's a uh, some great acting by will Patton. um but yeah it's called hammer and you can get it on vod i would imagine within a few weeks this will probably be somewhere that you can watch uh, whether it be on Hoopla or Canopy or even Amazon or something like that. So, um, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I'll give it a taste it. Um, Rebecca, you liked it even a little bit more than me. I taste it, but I think people should mm-hmm. watch this one. Yeah. Yeah, totally agree. I watched, uh, Reunited Apart, the uh, Josh Gad YouTube series. Uh, he's done Goonies and he did Back to the Future. And most recently, this past week, he did, uh, Lord of the Rings, where he brought the cast back and Peter Jackson and, and, um, Rebecca, I know you're, you're a fan of Lord of the Rings. Right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I've seen the original trilogy. I watched the three Hobbit movies. Yeah. I've, I've read the original book. Yeah. yeah. I am a fan of Lord of the Rings. These are, these are like, this is like a 50 some minute episode and like they had everybody. They had everybody. They had, they had, uh, of course they had Liv Tyler. They had all the, you know, all the Hobbits, uh, Andy Circus. They had Sean Bean. V- even Viggo Mortensen showed up. I was shocked. Wow. Um, fucking, yeah. uh, what's it, Reese, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Reese Davies, uh, the, you know, Gimli. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. J- uh, John, John Reese Davies. John Reese Davies showed up. Gimli. Um, the writers of Rohan, fucking Carl Urban shows up. I was just like, Dude, oh my God. When Carl Urban showed up, I, and this is the thing about Lord of the Rings, and I, this is zero, this is not a joke. I seriously forget that Carl Urban was in Lord of the Rings until someone was like, until somebody will say something about Carl Urban. I'm like, oh yeah, he was in Lord of the Rings. Like I have a mental block that that's Carl Urban. I do not know why, but I seriously forget he's in the movie all the time. He's so, he's very young in it, you know? And he's blonde. He looks nothing like he does look now. I mean, yeah. Which character is he? He's one of the writers of Rohan and, um. He's, um, uh, uh, Aomir? Eowyn? Which one is he? Eowyn is the, is the woman. She, of, okay, she's so the, not, the, not. the king of Rohan. He's, he's not one of the big ones though. He, he's just one of the side writers. No, no, no dialogue. He's, yeah, he's definitely no, he's got, not, he's, uh, yeah. Yeah, he's definitely got some big parts in, uh, in the, in the, in the second film. Oh, it's Aramir. He's uh, Faramir's brother. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Okay. He he was the one I think 
who was uh, d- didn't like I, th- I think the king um, exiled him because he spoke out against Wormtongue. I think yeah. that's yeah, that's it. But I'm telling you, I have a mental block that Carl Urban was in Lord of the Rings for some reason. Uh, I, okay, I loved this whole thing. I thought it was fantastic. If you're a Lord of the Rings fan, this is definitely worth watching. I thought it was fantastic. They they talked about Christopher Lee, which was which was great. Um, showed some Christopher Lee bloopers, <laughs> which was, which is, he's like, I, I can't get up these goddamn steps <laughs> as he's tripping over some stuff. That was great. Peter, I cannot do it. I cannot get up these goddamn stairs naturally. Uh-huh. Like it was so, when they started talking about Christopher Lee, I was just like, oh my God. When they told the joke or that he said that they were online, like at craft services and he said to Peter, um, he, he said something like, uh, they fed us better on Star Wars. Oh, yeah. Star Wars had better craft services. <laughs> Star Wars had better food. <laughs> this was a great episode. I, oh my God, Tupperware all the way. What a, yeah. I got, I actually got really emotional at the end when, uh, Billy Boyd sang that song. Yeah. Um, oh my God. I started crying. Like I just got, like, I got all the feels. Like it just was so sweet. And then he had them like reenact scenes of dialogue, like from the movie and like to watch them like get, get into character, like in a split second. It was so much fun to watch. Oh, it's Sir Ian McKellen, just that voice and him reading those lines again was just incredible. <laughs> I love oh. it. I love it so much. I know. Uh, if you haven't listened to the Dominic uh, Monaghan and um, Billy Boyd episode of Michael Rosenbaum's Inside of You, Definitely give that a listen. It's fantastic. Are they podcast together on that episode? Yeah, they're together. Oh, wow. Yeah, and they're talking about doing their own podcast, which I don't know if they've done it yet. Oh, what? I'd listen to that. That's, uh, oh, man. This was a great reunion, and I, I have to admit, I had been kind of sleeping on the Josh Gad uh, um, reunited thing that he's doing. Yeah. And, and even though, like, I am a Back to the Future fan and, and Goonies fan, I was just like, oh, that sounds like fun. But then I watched this, you know, for tonight and I'm like, okay, now I gotta go back and watch the other two because I definitely want to watch that. It just was so great to watch, you know, all these amazing actors just get back together on Zoom and, and have a conversation with Josh Gad about the movie, telling funny stories, imitating each other. Um, when, when, when John Rice Davies, they had, they had him and Orlando Bloom like do some dialogue. He tilted the camera up so you could only see like his his nose and his eyes. So he would like look yeah. like Gimli. <laughs> that was so charming. It was so funny. And, and they they, just, they all you know. kind of like tease each other and rip on each other because they. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got to imagine. You gotta, think about this. They filmed all three movies at the same time. They were together all the time, and it was. I mean, and to, to listen to that inside of you episode. Um, I think it was Dominic Monaghan, like gotten, I think they got him and him and Orlando Bloom got into a scuffle one night at a bar because Orlando Bloom would just keep fucking with them. And yeah, they had it out, but they seemed to get along pretty well in this. I think like, I think sometimes when you, when you fucking go through kind of like that shit and you know, if somebody's fucking picking on you all the time and you fucking finally stand up to them, it can bring you closer. And I think that's what happened between the cast members. They all showed off their tattoos that they got, you know, 20 years ago as well. Cause all the, 
all the fellowship got uh, their own fellowship tattoo. Even Serene McCollin got a you know Lord of the Rings fellowship tattoo. <laughs> no one got busted out for paying to have it removed yet. Everyone still had <laughs> no, it. No, everybody still had it. And then no, they all still had it. Um, I thought the the stuff about uh, every time Sean Bean was looking down, he was reading his lines <laughs> was hilarious. <laughs> That was great how he uh Peter Jackson said that he had uh yeah, Sean Bean had his his lines taped to his leg. And so he, every time he looks down, he's reading the script. I just I died. I thought that was hilarious. And they had him like reenact the meme that's like, well now it's become a meme, you know, one does not simply walk into Mordor. Yeah. Um it was just oh man, what a fun, fun episode. And and then, you know, even like even on the on the on the call, you could see the the actors getting emotional as they were like reciting the lines with each other. Liv Tyler, Liv like, Tyler, when she started reading Elvish and stuff, I was just like, that is so cool that she still remembers oh, all that. She, I love. I I was so impressed that so many of them, um, um, Eowyn, the 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 actress who played Eowyn, still remembers yeah. her speech from the funeral for the king she in, in old english i mean she she recited it off the top of her head yeah and uh oh man just a re- and then at the very very end they bring on to do trivia taika watiti yeah how oh, fun awesome. was that like they bring on taika and josh gad says to him taika how how are you so cool and he's like like I don't know, man. Why does the wind blow? Like you can't answer these questions. Like he's just he's just Taika all the time. Like it's it was it's so it was such a char- the whole episode was so charming. Like it was just so sweet and lovely to watch. And oh, especially if you're a Lord of the Rings fan, you have to watch it when he when Josh gets everybody together and just watching them reminisce and. Oh God, so good, so it's, good. It's fantastic. It's fantastic, and it's it's free. It's on YouTube. People just search "Reunited Apart," and there's three episodes up. Yeah. So, yeah, I what's watched, he gonna do next? Any idea? Uh Ghostbusters. I, I'm hearing the rumors. Ghostbusters. Okay. Maybe I don't know. I mean, I could we get you know? And here's the big question: If it's Ghostbusters, Josh Gad cast as. Rick Moranis' son in the new Honey, I Shrunk the Kids movie, is he going to get Rick Moranis on the call? No, oh, that's the big get. It's not even a reunion if you can't get Rick Moranis. Well, he did. He's oh, do, yeah. he, he, Rick Moranis is doing the new Honey, I Shrunk the Kids movie starring Josh Gad. Mm-hmm. I think it could he's, happen. I, 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 I mean, I get why Rick Moranis retired from acting <laughs> like all those years ago but like i hope he's in a place now that he could come back and like start acting again like if he wants to because he's such a great actor he's so funny like he's such a great comedian and he's got great great timing and uh man i i would love to see some some new rick moranis stuff yeah he's not doing the new ghostbusters movie but he is doing honey i shrunk the kids so it's called yeah i think it's just called shrunk so (laughs) yeah but um, um, I'm going to talk real quick about a movie here. Uh, Rebecca, this is one I really wish you would have had a chance to see, and I'm hoping that you will get a chance to see. I would have loved to have heard your perspective on this one. This is the new Elizabeth Moss movie. Um, oh, I know. I ran out of time. Yeah. And 
Ugh, in, in my neighborhood this week, everybody lost internet, so ah. I had limited access to do stuff, but I, I wanted to watch the Elizabeth Moss movie, and I just ran out of time. This is, you can get it on video on demand, but if you have a Hulu subscription, it dropped there, and you can watch it on Hulu, and it's about a rena- uh, as renowned for her morose nature as she is for her horror fiction, writer Shirley Jackson, played by Elizabeth Moss, is crafting yet another masterpiece when the arrival of newlyweds Fred and Rose disrupt her creative process and marriage to literary critic and philandering professor Stanley Hyman, played by Michael Stuhlbarg. I, I was shocked to see him in this movie. I He is just... Uh, a fantastic actor. I think Michael Stuhlbarg is like kind of like an unsung hero in a lot of movies. I loved him in uh, The Shape of Water. Um, oh God, there's so many movies that he's just absolutely amazing in. Um, as Stanley spars to maintain academic dominance over his would-be protege Fred, Rose attempts to dampen her own ambitions and adjust to married life while living under the roof of their fiery intellectual hosts with quicksilver loyalties and myriad neurosis. When the motives of Shirley's literary, literary muse prove elusive, Rose's curiosity and trusting nature make her tender prey for a brilliant author whose only allegiance is to her work. It's directed by Josephine Decker from a screenplay by Sarah Gubbins. It's based upon the novel of the same name by Susan Scarf Merrill. And this one stars Elizabeth Moss as novelist Shirley Jackson, uh, Michael Stuhlbarg, Odessa Young, I think she was in Assassination Nation. And then uh, Logan Lerman is in this one. Um, I got to watch this again. This is a fucked up movie. This movie is wild. I gotta, I'm gotta. i going to give it a high taste it right now. It could definitely be a Tupperware upon my second watch. This I, like The acting here by everyone I think is fantastic. It really is. I was, I was really hoping that you would have got to see this one, Rebecca, because like I – the ending, I was kind of lost on the ending. Um, I think that's one of the reasons I'm giving it a high taste. That there was a lot of times where there were things happening in this movie that I didn't know if they were happening or not happening. But mm, okay, I really I won't get into that. This is basically you've got a young married couple, and uh, he is going to be working under this professor. Logan Lerman's character is going to be working under this professor, played by Michael Stuhlbarg, and. Um, they're living under his roof with his wife. His wife is like this renowned writer and everybody, she writes these thriller books, these horror fiction novels and um, everybody just, um, people are intimidated by her. Uh, she doesn't really have time for people. And she's also kind of like a homebody. She doesn't leave the house. She barely gets dressed sometimes and she, she barely leaves to go out and do anything. Um, you find out that like these these two men, Logan Lerman and Michael Stuhlbarg, like they're looked at as kind of like gods at this university. And a lot of the younger female students there kind of develop crushes on them. We've seen this in, in other movies and, and, um, it kind of puts like Logan Lerman's Logan Lerman's character kind of puts like his marriage kind of like almost on hold. Like she, and we, you find out she's pregnant and here he is like going out and never coming home. And you're always wondering like, is he cheating on her? Which is like the worst thing you can do 
as a man to your wife is first off cheat on her but secondly cheat on her when she's when she's having your child so i mean that was just part of this movie just like really oh it just i hated the logan lerman character because i've had this happen to somebody very close to me very close to me where you know the husband was cheating on her while she was pregnant and like you know, it's a, it's a beautiful thing. A woman's going to have a baby. And then, like, women, as they're pregnant, they're go, their hormones are crazy. And, 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 and then, and then sometimes maybe, you know, like, they don't, they don't feel attractive and things like that because they are pregnant. And, and for like this to be going on and for her to even like wonder and worry about him was just like mad. I wanted to strangle the Logan Lerman character throughout this entire fucking movie. Um, Elizabeth Moss, Elizabeth Moss is really, she plays this woman so well. I can't even describe how eccentric and, but there are moments like where you cheer for her. Like people will say something really, you know, shitty to her and she'll come back. She'll just be all snappy when she comes back and, and come back at them. And there's other times where you absolutely have disdain for her because of what she's saying to, to good people. Um, this is a hard one to explain without getting into like spoiler territory. I definitely think that this, this is worth a watch. I think, um, I think I need a rewatch of this one to be quite honest with you. I was a little confused by the ending. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to sit here and be like, yeah, I didn't read any articles to try to tell me like what really happened. Um, so, but, uh, I did enjoy it and I thought all the performances were absolutely amazing. Like watching Elizabeth Moss and Michael Stuhlbarg, you know, like, um, bounce off of each other was pretty incredible. So I'll give the performances a Tupperware and I'll give the movie overall a high taste it just because of my stupidity and, <laughs> And not understanding everything that happened throughout the film. I'm just still like at the end, I don't know what happened. So yeah. Oh man, I'm so intrigued to watch this movie now. You've got to. I, like, yeah. I, totally, I want to watch it. <laughs> and I want to hear what you have to say once you, I, cause like I'll definitely be like, okay, Rebecca, what do you think? <laughs> what do you think happened? Cause I have no fucking idea. So, um, but yeah, I, I quite, I quite enjoyed the film. I quite enjoyed the film. It's, it's on Hulu. It's called, uh, Shirley. And I, I would recommend watching this one. It just kind of snuck up on me. I didn't even know this was coming out. Nice. And then I'll talk about one more thing real quick and then we'll take a break. I watched Becky. So I watched Shirley and now I watched Becky. <laughs> On video on demand. Only watching movies uh, with ladies' names. Got it. (laughs) Yes, yes. Becky, uh, a teenager's weekend at a lake house with her father's take. uh, With her father takes a turn for the worse when a group of convicts uh, convicts wreak havoc on their lives. This one's uh, directed by Jonathan Malott and Carrie Murian, and it stars Lulu Wilson, uh, Kevin James, and Joel McHale. And I was told about this from a listener on Twitter. They're like, have you heard of this? And I was like, yeah, it was, uh, I don't know how to pronounce your name, dude. I think it was Paul Fetroso. I don't know how to pronounce his fucking last name, Paul Fetroso. But he, he told me about this one. I was like, I have not heard of this. And I watched the trailer and I was like, 
Okay, I'm watching this. Fucking Kevin James plays a villain in this. This is not a, this is not a. Oh wow. Th- if it's a comedy, it's a very dark comedy and it's very fucking gory. Super fucking gory. I'm not gonna lie. Rebecca, I think you'd have a hard time getting through this one because there is, Ugh. yeah, I think, <laughs> I, I think you'd have a hard time getting through this mm. one. So basically you've got Joel McHale. He's the dad of this girl, Becky, and they are going, uh, and, 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 and she's very kind of like, she's got this teenage angst. She's very angry. And you don't know why. Why is she angry? Why is she, why is she being such a, uh, shitty little bitchy teenager to her dad all the time? And all he's trying to do is get close to his daughter. And she's doing things by acting out. She's acting out. They go to a convenience store. She steals some gummy worms. She's just acting out all the time. And, uh, anyway, they're gonna go to their house. And, uh, he tells her, oh, we're not selling it. We're gonna stay here. And she's very happy. But then uh, her feelings kind of get dampened when his new girlfriend and her son show up and they're all going to spend some time together. Apparently, this girl's mother had just died maybe a year ago from cancer and he's seeing a new woman. She wants nothing to do with it. She's very mad at her dad, blah, 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 blah. Um, well, what ends up happening is at the same time that this is all going on, Kevin James is a prisoner and like seeing Kevin James, he's like a neo-Nazi in this fucking movie with like a swastika tattooed on the back of his fucking head and always like, you know, slapping his chest and saying for the brotherhood was very fucked up. This is the guy from King of Queens. And I was just like, what the fuck is going on here? So him and these other convicts plan this escape from this prison. They're being transported. They escape and their whole reason for going to where Becky and her father is, is he's got to get this key. And here's another movie that I don't understand because I don't know what this fucking key does by the end of the movie. And I apologize. I have no fucking idea what this fucking key does. But this movie is basically like you're taking like the gore from, uh, I don't know, like a Sam Ray, not, not even, no, it's, it's, it's even worse than that. There's so much gore in this fuck. Yeah, maybe Sam Raimi. Like an Eli Roth movie, maybe? Yeah, yeah, you're taking, like, like this girl is, it's like, it's like Home Alone meets Die Hard meets Problem Child meets an Eli Roth movie, cause the blood in this is insane. So basically, Everybody in the house is assaulted by these neo-Nazis that fucking show up. Becky is off doing her own thing in kind of like her fort that she had when she was a child there. And she sees that this is all going on. So she's kind of like the John McClane in this whole situation. You know what I mean? So everybody's at Nakatomi Plaza and they're all fucking being, uh, you know, taken over by terrorists. But you got John McClane up in the fucking, uh, you know, uh, heating ducts and shit crawling around with a fucking, you know, with no shoes on. Um, so, so she's, she's out there. Um, I will warn you, uh, there's a little bit of animal, there's, eh, there's a lot of animal violence in this one. So if you don't want to see that, you're not going to want to watch this movie. But man, I'm telling you, like, there's a scene, these guys get fucked up by this little girl, and it's, it's very satisfying in parts. Oh my god, is it satisfying, cause these guys are complete fucking assholes, and to see a fucking small child take a ruler that she snapped in half, and stab a guy through the neck repeatedly with it, is, I was cheering. I was fucking cheering during that part. I was like, yeah! Yeah! <laughs> it was 
fucking incredible. Um, there's a scene where one of the characters basically gets his eyeball ripped out, but it's still connected to the socket. <laughs> and so they have to cut it off with a fucking knife. And I had to look away. Jesus Christ. It was gory as fuck. Um, I'm going to give this one a high taste. It, it was, it was gory as shit. But my God, was it not entertaining? It was fucking entertaining. And there was a scene that kind of like made me all sad and shit too. So it made me feel something. Um, Isn't yeah. one of those movies where like Kevin James is such the bad guy that you know he's going to get the most violent of deaths by the end of it. And it's just like, how is this even going to happen? Totally, totally. Yeah. And you can't wait for it to fucking happen. And you, you want it to be just as satisfying. You know what I mean? And it, yeah. Oh, God. God, yeah. Like the by the end of this, like this fucking girl's just like she's got she's got blood splattered all over her face, like it's goddamn war paint, Jake. It's 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 fucking cool. It's called Becky. It's on video on demand right now. This might show up on Shutter. This might show up somewhere. And I would I would watch this one. I, I I liked it. It's like yeah, it's like fucking Home Alone, Problem Child meets Die Hard meets an Eli Roth film. It's fucking crazy. Yeah, I just watched the trailer. It does look good. It runs a smooth 90 minutes, too. So yeah. I always prefer that. Yeah, and that's that's called Becky. I'm going to give it a high taste at people. Um, so, all right. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back with more. Pop, 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 pop. That sounds okay. Ever wanted to try those pre-portioned, make-at-home, fresh-ingredient meal kit services such as HelloFresh or Blue Apron, but the price tag is a bit out of your budget? Here's a new, well, it's a used meal kit service for you to take a bite out of. Brown Apron. Brown Apron is a meal-by-mail service that cuts the cost while also cutting the quality of the ingredients they send you. The company was started by a couple of bottom feeders surviving off the damaged, discarded, and returned items from the dumpster behind Blue Apron's order processing plant. And it quickly grew once they realized they could sell the garbage for profit on the internet. And because you're listening to this podcast today, you can enter the promo code BUGCHECK at checkout, and the Brown Apron team will give your first order a second glance to comb through it for bugs and stuff. Check out Brown Apron today. You won't be disappointed that you hadn't heard about them sooner. Bug check promo code may only be used once and only applies to your first order. Ingredients provided may or may not make a complete meal and do not come with a recipe. Do not order from Brown Apron if you have not had a tetanus shot within the last eight years. It is not recommended to feed garbage to children under the age of 12. Brown Apron provides no freshness guarantee. All right, hey, we're back. All right. Yeah, back. Yeah. 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 Ooh. Ooh. Fucking A. <laughs> uh, I just want to say real quick, uh, I want to thank uh, Chris Eaton and uh his co-host uh Duncan for having me on I they invited me to do a Zoom chat yesterday uh for their podcast uh my one black friend and my one white friend and I was I I only planned to be on there for a few minutes end up staying there till fucking like nearly 1 in the morning and had an absolute blast if you're not listening to the podcast you should be they're great guys, and we just had. I'm serious. I'm serious when I say this. We had a great conversation. We laughed. We cried. We got so close last night. It was fantastic. So listen to the podcast. Join the Zoom chats. Have fun. Uh, a lot in, in these challenging times. 
How many times have we heard that enough? <laughs> Indy, yeah, I've heard it a lot. I, I Rebecca, Jake, I want us uh, for the rest of the episode. When I ask you what have you been watching this week for Good Pop Bad Pop, I want you to say in these challenging times I've been watching. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. I'm in. All right. I'm in. All right. Here we go. Here we go. No, but thank you, Chris. Thank you, Duncan. It was fuck. I had a blast. You guys were fantastic. I, I really had a, I'm not even just, I'm not even just like fucking blowing hot air right now. That was, I mean, we did a PCL chat last week and this was way fucking better than that. It was really, <laughs> it was great. I, it, it was great for so many reasons. It was fantastic. But, um, anyone else that the PCL listeners might recognize on that Zoom call? Oh, it was a lot of the army on that call. Oh, awesome. Yeah, yeah. A lot of the army was on that call. A lot of people that have been on episodes before. So, um, Rebecca, what do you got for your personal good pop, bad pop? So, um, this will be the last time I talk about this show because it was the final season. I watched season five of She-Ra and the Princesses of Power. Every you time already, I get on you the already show, fucked up. You already fucked up because you didn't say in these challenging times. I'm so sorry. In these challenging times, I watched She-Ra and the Princesses of Power season five. There you go. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, it is the, this was the final season of uh the show and actually it dropped in, in mid-may i think um and i actually did not watch it right away only because i didn't want it to be over so i just held off watching it because normally when this show drops like when when the season drops i watch it the same day i watch the whole thing because i just i love it so much but i i uh i kind of stretched this one out because i knew it was the last one um this season was probably um not probably this was the best season of all five and i know i say like i love every season i do but this season was so powerful the messages of (sighs) accepting people for who they are understanding people's sometimes social awkwardness that makes them seem difficult to be around but really they're they're just trying to find friends and trying to fit in with everybody and for being with the person that you want to be with and for forgiving people for making mistakes and for for not holding past mistakes against people but that when they come to understand that what they did or how they felt was wrong they try to make changes supporting that this season had all of that had all of that in it the ending was so spectacular um something that the fans and i don't want to spoil in case you haven't watched it yet but um something that the fans have been dying for and hoping for did happen and i think the whole internet just was like yay it was awesome it was great um I, yeah, I really loved, there's one character in particular, her name is Entrapta. She's, um, she's one of the princesses of power and her, her power or her specialty is like tech. Like she can figure out any machine. She can, um, she can make any, any, any machine do what she wants it to do. And she's very smart, but she's not a great people person. And this series really focused on her arc of trying to step out of her shell and make friends and be accepted for who she is. And I don't know. I mean, 
this is just so good. I'm so sad that it's over, but I'm so happy that the conclusion was so satisfying and and just so beautiful. And man, I I don't even know what else to say because I Tupperware every single season of this show. And if you haven't watched it. I know five seasons sounds like a lot, but they're like 20, 23 minute episodes and it's like 13 episodes a season. Like it's not going to take that long to watch. And I, I can almost guarantee if you start watching it, you're going to want to finish it because it's such a great story from start to finish about Adora and She-Ra and just, I don't, uh, I love it so much. I, I top aware it, but the last season so i can't even talk about it after this anymore <laughs> you even think like okay i'm outside i'm drinking my paps blue ribbon i'm listening to don henley i come in and watch Shira. do those does that work can that happen i think that people uh, you can are, make it work yeah people are like onions they have layers they're multifaceted i think you could do both of those things I, I, and then, you know, later on have anal sex. I just think that all of those things <laughs> can exist within the same person. <laughs> oh my God. To be, to go from She-Ra to anal sex, it's kind of hot. It, I mean, it could be. <laughs> and if you're into like, you know, role playing and stuff, sure. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Princesses of power oh sorry i got lost um <laughs> <laughs> so check out uh shira uh, uh princesses of power season five on netflix what else do you got so then i have a couple of things that i'm still in the middle of i haven't finished um i i've gone back to work full-time i'm no longer like home most of the time so my time is uh, very limited but i am still in the middle of finishing uh, Good Girls, uh, we're in season three. This is another show that I talk about a lot because I think it's just, uh, consistently good writing, good acting, lots of twists and turns. Um, I am still watching. I haven't finished season three yet. I think season three might be completed by now, but, um, yeah, this is the, uh, Christina Hendricks show, um, about the three women who go into a life of crime. Um, and they're all like, you know, they're all moms. And y- you would think, like, how and why and how are they even still doing it? And I think this season focuses a lot on as these women struggle with the things that they do versus the values that they're trying to teach their kids and This season focuses a lot on that, about how these women have to – they're making a lot of decisions that kind of go against lines or cross lines they said they never would. So this season is very intriguing, Um, and I I – up where it's so far i think it's it's very good i think i think Um, a lot of these shows correct me if i'm wrong mm -hmm. here but i think a lot of shows have been influenced by uh vince gilligan's breaking bad where they're taking normal good people and putting them into these fucked up lives of crime that they're not used to like some people are born around this some people are born around crime and they're born around you know what i mean but they're taking people that have just like lived you know just a uh a squeaky clean life and throwing them into this i think like this is the new this is the new uh the new thing that 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 that's uh that uh, that hollywood and, and tv is doing right now it's it's like the it's like the hot thing to do right now Ozark is like another one. 
But I think like, yeah, I think Vince Gilligan really started something here. And I'm not saying you can't tell more stories like that. I think th- I think there's a demand for it. I'm not saying like everything. Oh, it, it's not breaking bad. I, I fucking love Ozark. Don't get me wrong. Fucking Ozark season three. I oh, my God. Oh, my God. Seriously. I just want to unzip the pants of Ozark season three and suck the massive throbbing cock of that show. It's so fucking good. <laughs> so um, uh, I think Good Girls kind of like falls into that category. And I think those are some pretty fun stories to get into, to be quite honest with you. Yeah, I, I agree. I think when you put um, I think when you put, re- you know, quote unquote, regular people into um, these impossible, crazy situations, I think you get really great drama. I think you get and then you you have all these great actors involved in it. Um, and I think that that also is is obviously a big key, but like you know, you, like even in this show, like Matthew Lillard has a has a, a secondary role here. He's great in this. I love that you know, guy. Like, he's so good. He's amazing. If you have an amazing to, human being, and he's a great he actor. He's a good actor too. And he should have been, and it sh- he should have been uh, Shaggy in Scoob, the new animated movie, and not Will Forte. Love you, Will Forte. Not taking anything away from you. I think you're a brilliant, funny human being, but. Fucking Matthew Lillard should have been fuck. He should. God damn it! That pisses. That still pisses me off. Sorry, I'm 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 angry about a Hanna Barbera cartoon right now. Cartoon right now. <laughs> <laughs> Does Will Forte even try to yeah. do a Shaggy impersonation? Yes, it, but but there's a lot of just his voice like bleeding over and his like comedy bleeding over into it, Jake, and it just doesn't work for me, man. Matthew Lillard was just so good at that character in live action. And like, if he would have been able to voice the character here, um, and I think, who did we have on? Oh, it was Kevin Shanks when we talked about that. And I think it was either you or Kevin said that like, he was petitioning online for this. Like he wanted. Yeah. 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 He's such the embodiment of the voice. He's not like, you know, he's just being shaggy and kind of taking that mantle Mm -hmm. where it sounds like Will Forte is kind of, trying to almost Robin Williams the genie and not that that's not great but he's still he's trying to inject his himself into the character and that's not really what's called for I think with Shaggy yeah 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 100% Matthew Lillard did an episode of Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum and if you listen to that listen to that episode you'll you'll understand what a what Rebecca you said he's a great human being and I think if you listen to that episode you'll understand why so yeah, I, I I did I I heard that episode and um you know the kind of stuff that he does like for the acting community like uh you know he's he he teaches acting besides being you know in stuff and this season I feel like every season of Good Girls they give him a little bit more to do and they give him a little bit more a little bit more you know and and they're making his character a little conflicted e- even like um uh. W- Retta is in this is is in this show. She plays one of the of the moms who is uh, now a criminal. Her husband, played by Reno Wilson, he is great because he was a cop and she was doing all this stuff like right under his nose. And when he finds out what she's been doing, like it puts a real strain on their marriage. And so to watch his character try to reconcile what she's doing and the re and the reason why she even got into doing what she's doing is that their daughter um needed a um a 
kidney transplant and their insurance wouldn't pay for it. So they would have had to pay for the whole thing out of pocket. So she basically turned to doing illegal things because she she saved her daughter's life. So like to watch them struggle with those issues it's just brilliant acting. I mean, if you're not watching this show, you're really missing out on some really good drama, like really witty writing. There's even some really good comedic, dark comedic beats in the middle of all of this. And I don't know. It's just, a, it's a great show. It's if you're not really, watching this, really good you're a fucking piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I said. What are you... What are you doing with your fucking life, you fucking piece of shit? Doing with your life? What are you doing? Fucking get, hip, get hypnotized so you can watch the show if you're not That's watching. what I was going to I'm going to send everybody to hypnotist. You can watch the show because you need to watch Good Girls. I don't need you to. You can be- watch it on Hulu the day after it, go, it premieres on, on NBC. You can watch it on Hulu. Eventually, that'll probably go away and it'll be on Peacock. Mm, probably, yeah. And once that deal runs out. You'd have to imagine, right, Jake? Yeah, I would think Peacock's going to eat up everything at NBC, except yeah. for things that they can't by contract right away. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, oh, Rebecca, did you have anything else? Yeah, two two quick things. Um, I am haven't finished it yet, but I'm about halfway through the Apple TV series, uh, Apple Plus, um, Defending Jacob with Chris Evans. Yeah, uh, I need to jump back on it. Yet. I need to jump. I'm sorry. I'm like interrupting. I, I do that to you a lot. You do. I'm Rebecca. I'm talking. It's like Brian's got something more important. I'm talking. No, Brian, shut the fuck up. I got to say. I got more important things to say. My my words are important. I, I gotta say them right now. I know. It's like you're already Moses on top of that fucking mountain holding the tablets and shit. And I'm like, no, I'm fu- <laughs> I'm fucking God. Listen to me. Rah! <laughs> Man, a vengeful God. I know. <laughs> Clearly. Pay no mind to that burning bush over there. It's just Jake showing off. All right. Anyway. <laughs> That's awesome. That was very funny. <laughs> I watched I watched the first three episodes when they dropped, and it's one of those things where, like, uh, this is one of those shows that I'm definitely going to go back to because I, I – uh, I really enjoyed it, but how many ep- how how far are you into the series? I'm, I'm I finished episode four, so I'm halfway through. Okay, um, I, I'll be really honest. I mean, I did, did I watch it because of Chris Evans? Yes, I'm not going to lie. Everybody knows that that's why I watch this show. But um, I I think that post Captain America stuff, I think this is the best thing he's done since Captain America. I'm I'm not gonna lie. I mean I've seen those other stuff. Um, you know, the Red Sea Diving Resort and he did a little movie called uh, Before We Go, which I thought was very sweet. But like this this show this dramatic role that he's in, I, I just think he's so good. I I would love to see him do more of these type of roles where he's not like, you know, Mr. Superhero in some kind of way. Like he's not a, a superhero, even archetype character. He's Knives just like out. a regular guy. Knives out. Oh my gosh, Knives Out. That yeah. was, I, how did I forget he was in that movie? Um, 
as much as I love him in Knives Out, I still think this is his best performance. Are you kidding me? Okay, okay. All right, all right. It's it's a it's close. It's close because I loved him in Knives Out. I thought he was great in that movie. But if this, I think, is letting him go into a place that he hasn't gone before. Maybe. Anal. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he has. I'm not privy to that information. Um, but like he, he even did that, that, that movie gifted, which I thought was, was really great. But like he's, he's done a lot of characters that are either they're very sweet or they're superhero types. And this to me is neither of those. And I mean, Knives Out is not, not that either, but he's like a douchebag in Knives Out. But this show, I don't know. I think the acting here is just spot on. I will say I think the first episode is not as strong as it could be, but after that, the episodes are very strong, and I think that they're they're completely engaging. I've just been kind of stretching it out. I haven't, you know, that's the only reason why I haven't really just, just like jumped in there and like watched the rest. So, um, I am still watching Defending Jacob. I think overall, I, I'll Tupperware it. The, if I was going to break it down, I think the first episode would probably be like a high taste it, and the rest would be like all all Tupperwares, but. I, I think it's. I think this is a great, great show. Okay, and you have one more thing, correct? Yep. Uh, yeah, one more thing. I am uh, also in the middle of it. Mrs. America on Hulu, uh, which another show that I was highly an- anticipating for this year. Um, th- this is another Tupperware. Um, the only reason why I, I again I haven't kind of just thrown myself in and watched the whole thing is these episodes are very meaty. They're very heavy. They deal with a lot of heavy issues and issues that are important to me. They deal with, you know, feminism and the fight for women to get equal rights um, and how, the, you know, this presents the story of how, you know, there were w- women working against the Equal Rights Amendment who felt that it was going to change their lives in a way that they didn't want it to change. And you, so you're seeing the, and it is based on real events. How much of this is a hundred percent accurate? I, I don't know. I'm sure plenty is, is uh, dramatized, but it, it really shows the, the effort that these women put in to get the equal rights amendment passed and on the other side of the spectrum, the women who were fighting against the Equal Rights Amendment. But then you have like these scenes where it's like you have Kate, Kate Blanchett's character, who's like the number one gung ho anti, you know, Equal Rights Amendment person. And, you know, she's like, uh, she's like this really like well-known author. Like she has a life of her own besides being married and having kids. And, like, the casual misogyny that you see in this show of, like, how she's, like, ranting to her husband about how I don't need anybody to tell me how I'm going to live my life, blah, 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 blah. Oh, by the way, honey, can you sign this form because I want to get a credit card? And and it's – that that's a real thing that women couldn't get credit cards unless their husband co-signed for them. And she doesn't even see that – it's like she's she's trapped in the system – but doesn't see herself as trapped in the system. And if that's a good or a bad thing, I don't know, but it's presented in such a really dynamic way that 
it's it's incredible to watch. The acting is great. And you got Kate Blanchett, you got Uzo Aduba, you've got Elizabeth Banks, uh, huge names, big names, great actors in here. And I really, really do enjoy it. It's just it's very meaty. And I'm not always, I guess, in the mindset for something so meaty. Sometimes I just want to sit back and watch Mystery Science Theater. So I do that. So I I am in the middle of it. I, I I am in the middle of Mrs. America. I Tupperware everything I've seen so far, yeah. and I do think that everybody should watch it. And this is not just like a show for chicks. I mean, this is something that everybody should watch because it does deal with the history of this country and how the Equal Rights Amendment um, affect, benefited a lot of groups of people, not just women. So, yeah, I, I that's what I'm in the middle of watching. Some heavy stuff, but you know. Mixed in with some light stuff here. What, what, what was your rating? I probably fucking missed it. I don't know. Um, it's I I I Tupperware Mrs. America. It's it's nine episodes. I'm three episodes in. It it is heavy. It's it's a heavy drama. Yes, it is. And I it got is, I got 15 minutes in, and I I went back to Family Matters because it was heavy as shit. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't in, I wasn't I wasn't in the mindset for that right at that, that moment. I completely yeah. understand, which is why I'm still working my way through it. Like I'm only 3 in and it's not because I'm like, oh, this is terrible. Yeah. It's because oh, it's so good, but I just uh I've had a really shitty day and there's a lot of things in my head and maybe I'll just watch something funny now and right. and, and that's yeah, that's It's like it I reminds me I went to Jake, I went to La Gondola. This this week, and I bought a half gallon of spaghetti. <laughs> and a half gallon. Yeah, they sell the half gallon, man. They got like a like a family pleaser or whatever the fuck. You get a half gallon, you get spaghetti, and they give you the garlic bread and all that shit. And man, I had that I had that fucking spaghetti in my in my fridge for at least three days. I was I was working my way. Through. It was heavy as fuck. I was working my way. I was working my way through that goddamn spaghetti, Jake. I had to buy. I had to buy my own spaghetti sauce to add to it. Because you know what happens. You know what. You know what happens with that spaghetti sauce that sits there in that bucket. They give you a bucket. It's a bucket. It's a half. Oh gallon. yeah. It just. It gets so thick. It just soaks into the noodle. It soaks into the fucking noodle. And then now, now, what do you got? What do you got? You got. Yeah, you got some chunky meat fucking hanging around in there. But on the flip side. You you it, you got some dry ass spaghetti. So then I had to fucking I had to go out and buy some you know fucking I bought just like some regular marinara sauce that I added to it. It's still good. It was still very good. Oh my god! If you don't have a lock on Dola, you're missing out. They're fucking garlic bread. Jesus Christ! It's so good. It's so good, Jake. Uh, the garlic bread's my favorite part of the whole meal. I love it. Honestly. I bought. I got a sandwich there called the Uncle Tony. And they use that same garlic bread and they put like the fucking like salami in there and like ham and shit. And they got cheese and these grilled onions and grilled peppers. I fuck it. Oh, God. Oh, my God. I stuffed my fucking face with that shit. <laughs> it was good as fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a glutton, people. Whatever. Fuck you. Um... I, hey, Rebecca, let's talk. Yo. <laughs> you want to talk? You want to talk, talk more about spaghetti? <laughs> I want to learn about this gallon bucket of spaghetti. Yeah, yeah. How the, how, what the fuck? What co- it, this country we live in, where you can go to a place and get a bucket of spaghetti. <laughs> they measure it as a fucking liquid. It's a fucked, it's fucked up. We live bucket of spaghetti, please. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in these challenging times, I had to call in ahead to get my gallon, half gallon of spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> Let me get a two liter of ravioli. <laughs> Dude, it, 
It's crazy. You can do that shit. It's crazy. I get a, a six-pack of fettuccine Alfredo. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Fucked up, man. Weird. Oh, I, I don't know, man. I was craving some fucking La Gondola spaghetti. Jesus Christ. I had that fucking bucket sitting in the fridge. <laughs> A bucket of spaghetti? You ever yeah, just the, I'm so intrigued by this. Does the bucket have like a handle or do you just like carry it like in your arms? Like do you cradle it in your arms? I'm I'm so curious about this. It's like a pail. Yeah, and then I fucking, I fucking breastfeed it. What the fuck are you talking about? You know? It's no, just, I'm asking is. It's just like a big old. It's come with. I, let me fucking talk. You, you. Oh, <laughs> getting heated, getting heated over some spaghetti talk. <laughs> Maybe we shouldn't have had more spaghetti talk. Uh, no, no, you, no, Rebecca, you have the floor. <laughs> well, I asked the question. I just want to know if it has a handle. That's all I want to know. Does it have a handle? You, I don't think you have a handle on this conversation. It does not. <laughs> Sorry, I can't buy a half gallon bucket of spaghetti where I live. So sorry. I know. I know. No, I understand. I, this is a foreign world to you, the Midwest, where you can buy a bucket of spaghetti. Dude, it's a, and you're you're intrigued. Midwest, the Midwest is like fascinating to me. I know. I might go to Chicago. Back- I'm so fascinated by everything there. I was blown away when I found out that Canadians had bags of milk. Milk. What? Oh, dude, the first time I went to Canada, I was like, you keep milk in bags here? Like, yeah. It was on Pluto or something, like a foreign, like a totally different planet. I'm like, what the fuck? Do I take this home and use it like a saline drip in my body? Like, what the fuck is going on with this bag of milk? <laughs> IV, direct main line of milk. Rebecca, to answer your question, there are no handles. It's like a big, uh, it's like a, I'd say like it's, uh, Double the size, maybe even triple the size of like a country crock butter thing. You know what I mean? Like the big oh. country crock butter. I'd say double okay. the size of a country crock butter. And it's just, it's, they've got the spaghetti on top and all the sauce and the meat is at the bottom. And then you gotta mix it up. They, and you can get, you can add Parmesan, uh, and, uh, just, just go to town on that fucker for three fucking days. Jeez. Oh my god. It's it's made for it's made for families, but for me it was just like this is what I'm eating over the next three days. Bucket of spaghetti. Why A not? bucket of spaghetti. <laughs> Yeah. I get that next time I'm in Chicago. I'll have a bucket of spaghetti, please. Oh my god! Did you ever see that episode of uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia where Charlie takes a fucking Ziploc bag of spaghetti into the movie theater and just eats it? <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> that fucking bag of spaghetti. Uh, in a Ziploc bag. That's classic. Oh, I love that fucking episode. Uh, Rebecca, we watched a movie this week. I will give you the title now. Ouija Shark. <laughs> we sure did. <laughs> a group a group of teenage girls summon an ancient man-eating shark after messing with a spirit board that washes up on the beach. An occult specialist must enter the shark's realm to rid this world of the deadly spirit ghost once and for all. It's directed by Brett Kelly. He also directed She-Rex, Raiders of the Lost Shark, Agent, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Agent Beetle, 
and the upcoming short film Heavy Metal Werewolf. Um, so yes, we watched Ouija Shark. Uh, this is a movie that I saw, uh, pop up on demand, watched the trailer. I said, holy fuck, gotta watch this. <laughs> And so, yes, you've got, uh, you've got, you've got, uh, hold on here. Rebecca, I, you know what? Let me start off. So, yeah, the, the, the synopsis says a group of teenage girls summon an ancient man-eating shark after messing with the spirit board that washes up on the beach. Teenage girls. These women did not look like young teenage girls. They look like... <laughs> They look like moms. Like they they look like they talk about like how much they hate pumping breast milk and like <laughs> how bad their menstrual cramps were this month. Like it was Yeah. Like they were, even, were nowhere near teenagers. They were not teenagers. Like even the girl with the with the tattoos, you know what I mean? And, and she was dressed in all black and she's got the nose ring and all that shit in her fucking face. She she didn't look like a teenager. She looked like she was fucking like, even her, like she was fucking giving out composting tips on fucking Facebook and shit. <laughs> like, she's on Pinterest. And, she's on you know, Pinterest. Every fucking one of these women, they did not look like teenagers. They looked like they all had an Etsy store. <laughs> Especially the one with the fucking piercings in her fucking face because like she's a walking billboard. People go, hey, where'd you get that? And she's like, oh, well, let me tell you about my Etsy store. these did not look like teenage girls at all except for maybe tiffany the younger one oh god the Mm -hmm. the car wash girl well (laughs) okay um yeah this movie the car wash girl I, i i don't even know i don't even know what to say about this movie though like are you scared are you scared to rate it no, I'm not scared to rate it. It's just, it's no Velocipaster, which is now the new bar. Like, let's just keep it real. Velocipaster is the bar. Yeah. So, um, this was not Velocipaster, but I will say if you have ever seen the Rift Tracks Birdemic Shock and Panic Live, this is like that movie, <laughs> Birdemic. Um, gosh, um, it's like awkward. There's like long scenes with no dialogue, but then like once the shark starts, once the ghost shark starts attacking people, it's a riot. Like it is so funny. The, the graphics, the effects are just so ridiculous. I mean, it's clearly a hand puppet of a shark. It's a hand puppet <laughs> and it's got like this blue it's hue. So it looks like it's like, you know, like in the Star Wars universe, it died as a Jedi and came back as a fucking hand puppet shark. <laughs> a force ghost shark for some reason. Yeah. Um, I ha- I have to say, though, um, oh, my God, this movie. I-, I would say, like, fast forward all of this setup because it's totally unnecessary. And then just get to the part <laughs> where the shark starts eating people. And that's really all you need to know about. No, 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 no. You cannot fast forward through the car wash scene. Uh, well, that has nothing. Could, but. That has nothing to do with the movie at all, at all. Why was it even in there? There's like, okay, so like Jake, this girl, 
this girl, teenage girl, quote unquote, I'm putting up air quotes with my fucking fingers. This teenage girl, <laughs> she's supposed to meet her friends in, hold on, she's supposed to meet her friends in this parking lot by the forest, yet she parks her car and goes to the fucking beach near the forest and then like lays down for five seconds and then gets in the water and then finds this Ouija board that's been washed up on shore and then gives it this quizzical look and decides to take it with her. And then the girls call her and they're like, oh, we're all at the house. Oh, nobody's at the house. It's just going to be us. And so, yeah, they're going to get together and they're going to fucking party at the pool. And then Tiffany fucking sees like this middle-aged fucking guy with fucking love handles washing his car. She gets turned <laughs> on. She gets fucking turned on. She's like, you need some help? And they start washing the car. Then she goes all fucking Tawny Katane from White Snake, taking off her fucking clothes, <laughs> whipping her hair around and fucking washing the car like this is some fucking 1980s Def Leppard fucking, like, I don't know, Sunstrip, Sunset Strip rock band video. It was weird. And then, um, and then, uh, they all do the fucking Ouija ceremony. After they do the Ouija ceremony, you would think that the Ouija shark would only go after the people that were involved in the said summoning. But nope. no. Seems only fair. There's no rules here. The Ouija shark goes after these fucking, these two kids that are just hanging out in the goddamn woods. I was like, what the fuck? Why is the Ouija shark going after these rando kids in the woods? There's no rules in this fucking movie. So, oh, hold on. I, I do want to talk about, so then the, the, the cop who like the, the mom approaches and she's like, my daughter's missing. And he like takes no information about her, but just that it's a, a girl. Her name is Cassie and she's 18. No more information. Oh, and, and he was like, so, yeah, 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 he got it. He, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He was so helpful when she, and he goes, Oh, yes. How may I help you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hi, ma'am. How may I help? Um, and, and, and then he calls another cop who turns out to be his brother-in-law who's at a fucking bar and he's like, I'm on a case. And he's like, better not be a case of beer. And I was just oh. like, oh. Oh my God. I'll tell you one thing. Dying. I think I think this whole movie, I think this whole movie was written at that bar. Um, and then like, so and then the shark attacks like the cop who's at the bar. He stops to piss in the corner of the stairwell, <laughs> and the shark is there, and he's like growling, arr, arr, and he's just, arr. and when he attacks people, you hear like chomp, like. Someone's making like a crunching sound. It's hilarious. Oh there's my like god! Random <laughs> blood spatter. There's like there's a there's a scene where there's an arm floating in the pool, yeah. and then the shark attacks somebody by the pool. My it's favorite just... character is Jill's dad. Jill's dad. <laughs> Jill's dad. Yes. Who somehow has. The powers of Doctor Strange. Yes, I don't know how. What? <laughs> well, his like her, her, her Jill is like our main character. She's like the she's dressed in all black and she's the girl with like all the piercings in her face and shit. And she's like, but her family has a strong connection to the occult. And so like when she calls her dad about the Ouija board and like 
all this shit. Like he's like, you know, you know better than to do this. And, you know, you know that you have a strong connection to the occult. Well, don't worry, honey. I'll look it up. I'll try to figure out what's going on and I'll get back to you. And he's a terrible actor and it makes it even that much better. But like, I don't know, Rebecca, all, I'm just going to say two words right now. Uh-huh. Mystic Shields. <laughs> <laughs> Mystic Shields. Oh, my God. Fuck I just, um, oh, my. Like, there is a strong part of me that wants to Tupperware this movie for just how ridiculous it is. Yeah. Like, I mean, I love terrible movies. I love terrible movies. I love terrible movies that know that they're terrible and i feel like this movie kind of knows it's terrible but it's very tongue-in-cheek um and uh, it's just silly i mean it's it's called ouija shark like i mean i didn't you know it has to be (laughs) silly of course but i mean I, i told this to earlier to brian i said if there was ever a movie that was begging to be riffed by the riff tracks guys it's this movie like I even tweeted at them earlier today, like, you guys need to watch this movie and riff it next. It's begging for it. But, man, it's just, like, I I Tupperware because it's a terrible, fun, stupid, cheesy movie. Like, if if that's not your bag, then, like, don't even go close to this movie. But if you enjoy a a good, stupid movie like this, it's, it's just hilarious. I am also going to. I love tup- that you Tupperware a movie that you suggest you fast forward through the first first third. Of. I know. I I kind of did. I well, I didn't kind of. I did do that. <laughs> I did not. I loved that first part of the movie. I watched it twice. So because um, I. That's for the car wash. No, in all actuality, I watched the first fifteen minutes a few days ago, and then I just went back and started it over uh, a couple days ago and finished it. But um. I also Tupperware this movie. I had a blast watching it. It's the dumbest fucking thing you'll ever see. And that's the reason I love it. I love it for the bad oh, acting. Yeah. I love it for the fucking ridiculous puppet shark. And I love it for Jill's dad. I fucking, I, yeah, I Tupperware the fuck out of this. This is one of those movies that you need to get with, like, when we can all hang out again Get a group of friends together, get some beers, get some blue Tahoe fucking vodka, and just watch this fucking shit. It is just hysterical and ridiculous. So, yeah, some people don't like just bad movies that are so bad that they're good and funny. Um, but if you do, this is like, if you like movies like The Room, you know, from Tommy Wiseau, like this, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you need to watch this. So, yeah, absolutely. Um Rebecca, I know you watched, yeah, that's Ouija Shark. You can get it on video on demand and I highly recommend it. I had a blast. Um, yeah, you watched some of it. You didn't get to finish it. And I think that tells me a lot here. The last days of American crime. Actually, you know what? I ended up finishing it. Really? Okay. Yes. I fell asleep, but then I rewound it and finished it. It's two and a half hours. Two and a half fucking hours. What the hell is that? Like, no, yeah. no, bad movie. No, that's not uh, two and a half hours. I was just like, I got through an hour and a half. And then when I saw I thought an hour left, I was like, oh, no, I can't do it. Like, but it's too long. 
that's number one. Number yeah, two. it's uh, the synopsis here. In the not too distant future, we had a good laugh about that because it's, it's the beginning of Mystery Science Theater Three Thousands fucking theme song. In the not too distant future, as a and I found out in the movie, the movie takes place in twenty twenty five or twenty twenty six, something like that. Uh, as a final response to terrorism and crime, the U.S. government plans to broadcast a signal making it um, impossible for anyone to knowingly commit unlawful acts. So there's like there's going to be this signal that's going to be broadcast. I think all like Americans have kind of like this chip that's inserted into them. And once this signal goes out there, if you try to do like commit any crime – you can't. You physically can't. It won't. If you have a gun, it, you can't pull the trigger. You just get sick, and you can't do it. So that's why this is called "The Last Days of American Crime." This is based on the radical publishing graphic novel that was created by Rick Remender and Greg Tacchini, and this movie suffers, in my opinion, it truly suffers from a main character that you don't give a shit about as well as just being long as fuck two and a half hours is just way too long for this movie um i felt like the first you know 10 minutes were interesting in the setup the next hour could have been like shortened and then I, the action was actually not that bad. Like once we fucking got, once you got about an hour and 15 minutes into this movie and the action picked up, it wasn't that bad. But, um, didn't care about the main character at all. I just thought there was nothing about him that made me care about him at all. He was just like, I don't know. <laughs> I didn't care about that guy at all. Um, there was nobody in the movie to root for. Yeah. Yeah. There nobody. There was no one I wanted to root for in this movie. Like, I didn't care about anybody in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. I think the concept's cool. I love Rick Remender. He's a an amazing comic book writer. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the graphic novel could be amazing. I just don't think, like, this adaptation really worked for me at all. Like... And there's so much going on, Rebecca. Like they've got a, they're wanting to pull off this huge heist where they're going to like rip off a billion dollars. But like on the flip side, you've got this signal going out. But then again, like you've got this crime family and he's, you know, our main character is working with this guy to, um, you know, he's working with this guy because this guy was in prison with his brother who was killed in prison and he has information about that. And, and then we find out that this guy that he's now working with that knew his brother that died in prison is part of this crime family, the Dumois family. And, and I don't know. There's just so much shit going on in this movie that I did not give a fuck about that. I'm, I'll ha- I have to give it a low taste that I just have to give it. A, I have to give it a low. There were, there were some action scenes in this that I thought were really well done. But for the most part, like this was a huge misfire for me, and I will never watch this again. Nor do I ever care to watch it again. Oh yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. Um, I'm actually gonna go ahead and I'm gonna toss this movie. Um, the, I will agree that some some of the action scenes were really cool, but it just wasn't enough to keep me. I mean, I fell asleep 
<laughs> almost twice in this movie. Like it, it, it really is far, far too long. And, um, you just, you, you, there's nobody to root for in this movie. And, and certainly I'm not against having a movie like, has an anti-hero as the as the main character or is has different anti-heroes and and their struggles and blah 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 i'm not against any of that but this movie i didn't care about anybody i didn't care what happened to anybody um and that some of the acting was just terrible and Oh gosh! The concept, I, uh, the yeah, concept, I just didn't like this. Movie I thought at the all. concept was cool. Like the concept, no, I, I agree with you on that. The concept, amazing. I love the concept of it. You know, like people, but, like people in America trying to like break into Canada. Canada is the land of freedom, and uh, because they don't have this fucking signal. But um, I thought the concept was cool. It, it had enough in there to where, like, you know, I. It's not like I watched this straight through. I didn't take a fucking nap, but like I didn't want, you know, I probably took a break here to eat, you know, fucking some of my bucket of spaghetti and shit. You know what I mean? Make my way through that fucking bullshit. But, um, I didn't, I didn't watch it all in one sitting. It, it was, it's a, it's two and a half hours and it's not like that great. Like this is not like watching. You know, the Irishman, you know, which was longer and I could just sit and watch that in one setting because it's that good. This was. I, I think if you took the same premise and you gave this movie to a director like Lee Whannell mm. and you, and you either, yeah. you either shorten it or you make it like a mini series, it's perfect. Honestly, I think this was a, mm-hmm. I think you could give it to Lee Whannell. Or the fucking director of Ouija Shark, and it would be a better movie. <laughs> Give it to the guy who did Ouija Shark. There you go. Um, but like, I mean, some like some of the action and like the way that this movie is set up. I think Lee Whannell, like, it lends itself to like his his touch at directing. Um, and and I mean, certainly, again, it's not like the premise is bad. Like, the premise is really interesting. And when I saw that it was a graphic novel by Rick Remender, I was like, well, now I want to read that because that's got to be a hundred times better than whatever this is. But, um, I, yeah, it it's a shame because it's this could have been a really, really good movie. But and I think they just tried to do too much. And it shows by the fact that the, how long this movie is oh, yeah. and all of the double crossing and all of the, um, you know, everybody's like, everybody gets shot like 800 times, but somehow survives. I mean, it's like one of those things. Was and, the, was the, was the crime boss's son, was he trying to be more like Jared Leto or more like Kid Rock? I think he was trying to be more Jared Leto, but he looked, he looked greasy like Kid Rock. So I, I, yeah. I don't know. He looked like he hadn't showered in a, in a minute. It was a mashup of both greasy Kid Rock and then I'm, tr- but uh, then again, I'm trying to give you the acting chops of said Jared Leto. If that makes sense. Yeah, like, um, it's like he wanted to be Jared Leto, but, um, he didn't have that, uh, the acting ability to do that. Um, and then like even, even the character of, of the girlfriend, um, I can't even think of her name. Oh, oh Sa- Seidel. 
Um, yeah, she was like a she was like a fucking budget version of Mia Jovovich. Oh, one hundred percent agree. Yeah, I, I felt like I felt like the guy who played Graham Brick. He was like the poor man's Henry, the, the poor man's Henry Cavill. Like he, they wanted him to be like that type, but he just didn't. He couldn't do it. And and I didn't. Uh, I just this movie is just full of just stupid stuff that doesn't go anywhere. Um, and then like the main plot of this whole. You could have done a whole movie about what this this pulse was that, that they were the, – the API that they were going to yeah. put out. Yeah, and They could have done a whole movie just about that. But instead, it's it's that plus a heist movie plus a double cross movie plus um, I'm supposed to believe that like she falls in love with the guy when it's – it's just a mess. It's just a mess. I I liked it definitely less than you did because I, I, I tossed this movie. I, I don't think it's worth watching. Yeah, I'll never watch it again. Two and a half hours of my life gone, but some of the, some of the action, some of the action was fun. And, uh, I don't know. It, it, but, uh, yeah, overall, it's nothing that I would recommend anybody rush out and, uh, and what great concept. I think the concept's fantastic, but fuck. Jesus Christ. Yeah. What else? What else? We got anything? Oh, the night clerk. Did you watch this, right? Jake, did you have yes. anything for personal good pop bad pop? Um, in these challenging times, I watched a bunch of game shows. I, God damn it! I knew it was either game shows or a fucking video game where like giraffes <laughs> or grocery shopping or some shit. I don't know like what the fuck you play, but um, yeah, game shows. I knew, I knew I it was game, game shows. shows. I watched three episodes of the um, anime you suggested that I watched too. What's that? The uh, Doro Hidoro. I didn't watch any of it. What'd you think? Um, it was a complete toss it for me. Wow. It, it made me feel stupid. Like I, I kind of, I kept watching more episodes to see if I could figure out what the fuck was going on. It was, it was very bizarre. There was like these wizards, but the wizards were the bad guys. And there was this like lizard character that would eat people's heads and then there was a person that lived inside of the lizard person that would talk to the people that he ate. And you would question whether or not they told them if they were the one. And I, there was never any exposition, exposition or explaining why they needed to find the one, how any of this worked, how this guy got inside the lizard person in the first place. Uh, he was, the lizard is teamed up with like a blonde kung fu sidekick character and they both just kind of, go around and kick ass and stick people inside the lizard's head to find out if they're the one. And I watched three episodes hoping to find out what the fuck was even happening in this show. And I, and I never did. And I, I just gave up. I tapped out. I couldn't watch anymore. Oh, so that's Doro Hidoro on Netflix, everybody. <laughs> yeah. I didn't think even on like a, I'm going to put mute on and not even listen to the audio and listen to cool music while I watch this show. It didn't even really work on that level. Honestly, wow. it had pretty low quality animation in my opinion and nothing too spectacular. It was very, very violent and very, very yeah. gory, but not like cool. Like it wasn't, it wasn't like the mortal Kombat movie that we reviewed a few yeah. weeks ago. That was also very gory, but did it in just a very stylistic artistic way and it just had really cool animation i didn't really see anything worth 
any kind of substance in this cartoon. Jake, I thought it was really bad. I'm telling you, dude. I'm telling you right now. Get on Tower of God. Get on it now. This, yeah, I get need on to watch it. that. I was excited to see an anime on the list, and I was like, all right, I get to get in on, you know, watch one from the ground up, and. Ugh. We're only we're only like six seven episodes in to fucking Tower of God, and this is like yeah. a, a manga that's been going on for ten years. So, like, get in on the ground floor of Tower of God now, because like this is it's fantastic. And I'm also still digging Gleipnir. I'm loving Gleipnir. It's that yeah, one I've got, where I've got Gleipnir on my list still. That's the one where the person turns into like the sports mascot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's fucking. I, I'm loving it, loving Gleipnir, loving Gleipnir. Where is Tower of God available at? Is that a Funimation it's, show? It's a Crunchyroll and Webtoon co-production. Okay, so you can okay. watch it on Verve or you can watch it on Crunchyroll. And if you don't have my Verve access, I will fucking hook you up. I do not, so I will. I will definitely get that. I've been missing Crunchyroll. I just have Funimation, and so I'm kind of missing like half of. What's going on in anime well, right now? Well, these new Crunchyroll Webtoon co-productions look really good. They got a new one coming out in July called The God of High School that looks pretty fucking amazing. So, I mean, I'll definitely be reviewing that when it comes out. So, um, yeah, definitely jump I, in. Honestly, I wouldn't even watch this, Brian. Like, I would just take it off your list. Like, I, I know sometimes we disagree on things. No, I, this I, sounds I, terrible. I can't imagine you would like this. This sounds terrible. I'm glad that you watched it and now I don't have to. I was honestly surprised it was something that was animated within the last couple of years. It, it straight up looks like something from 1987, That's like just sad. in the quality of animation and coloring. Rebecca, the night clerk on Netflix. I was looking yeah. forward to this one. It dropped on Saturday, which I felt was very odd because like most of Netflix's big movies and things like that, they drop on Friday. And like mm-hmm. this does not have a slouch of a cast. I mean, this stars Ty Sheridan from, you know, the X-Men Fox universe. He played Cyclops and the Armas from fucking Knives Out, John Leguizamo and Helen Hunt. Uh, it's directed by Michael Christopher, who uh, he's basically an actor. He's done a lot of acting and uh, not a lot of directorial work. He's done some writing in Hollywood. But uh, this is about Bart Bromley, a highly intelligent night clerk on the autism spectrum. When a woman is murdered during his shift, Bart becomes the prime suspect. As the police investigation closes in, Bart makes a personal connection with a beautiful guest named Andrea but soon realizes he must stop the real killer before Andrea becomes the ne- the next victim. What did you think about The Night Clerk on Netflix? You know, um I I really liked this movie. I I don't think it's getting right now the reviews are not great. Um or they're not let's say spectacular or stellar. I thought this was actually a really good movie like the, the the cast, as you said, is is a really really good cast. I thought this was a nice tight hour and a half story. Um, I thought Ty Sheridan did a very good job at playing a young man on the autism spectrum without making it like a jokey performance or a um what's the right word or like um uh, offensive performance um. 
I thought Anna Darmus was great. I thought Helen Hunt was she had she didn't have a huge role, but I thought what she had was she did well. John Leguizamo was great as he always is. Um, I liked the mystery. I liked the story. I, I don't think that there's anything like outside the box here. I mean, the for sure, like the mystery is a little paint by numbers, but I thought the performances made up for that. Um, I, I would actually give this movie a high tasted. I, I enjoyed it, um, quite a bit. I was engaged the whole time. Yeah. So you've got this, you've got this guy. He works as a, as a night clerk at, at a, at a, at a hotel. And, um, he's a creepy little fucker. Um, he puts, cameras in people's hotels hotel rooms he's a very voyeuristic and he watches people and his excuses and i mean the movie makes an excuse for him that he's you know that he's on the spectrum and that he wants to see how you know people interact with one another i think it's creepy as fuck and so he sits there and he watches people in their hotel rooms as they have intimate conversations and and do things and and um one night a woman checks into the hotel and this woman checks in and uh, goes to her room and she's waiting on someone. There's a knock at the door. She opens it up and uh, it's her husband. Well, that normally would be a normal thing. But like, why would a wife meet her husband at a hotel? Well, he thought he was meeting his mistress there and his wife apparently found out she's on to him. And she set this whole thing up and they start to have an argument and he's, she's like, why? Well, you know, you can tell she still loves him and she, but, but he's a huge piece of shit. And she's like, uh, you know, well, yeah, why don't you fuck me? Like, like one of these, these whores that you meet at the hotel, blah, 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 blah. Fuck me like that. And then, you know, there's a, there's a bit of a scuffle. You don't really get to see what happens. And the next thing you know, you hear a gunshot. Now, Ty Sheridan's character has left for work and is watching this at home. He gets in the car and he's on his way there to kind of like stop this from happening. And when he gets there, the woman is dead. He's sitting on the bed. His co-walker walks in and just sees him sitting on the bed. He does some weird shit where he touches the woman's blood just because out of curiosity. And so it's like, it's like, there's all, so like, first off, we don't know whether he did it or not, you know, because he actually, I think he shows up during the gunshot, if I'm correct, Rebecca, like he's actually at the scene during the gunshot. Yes. I, yes, I think that that is, yes. I don't know. It's, I honestly, I thought Helen Hunt did a great job. John Leguizamo did a great job. And like, he's like the, the police officer investigating this whole thing. I did. I don't know. Like I thought there's moments where I thought this movie is, could be like really, really good. <sighs> I didn't really care for this. Honestly, at the end, once it got over with, I was just, I kind of like was really let down by this movie. Mm. I didn't, I thought Ty Sheridan. I don't know. I, I there's this did, did, whole. Did you not care? <laughs> go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Did Did you not care for his performance, or did you not like? Because you you said that the movie like made an excuse for him that he's 
autistic and he he puts the cameras in the rooms because he's trying to understand how to relate to people. Do you feel like that that was it's just a creepy like, action? I don't care. I don't it, care. It it's a creepy fucking action. Like, like, I don't remember seeing that shit in Rain Man. I don't. It's a creepy fucking thing. It's creepy. So I don't I don't like for the, it, like invading people's privacy in that manner, like right there, like, I don't, I don't care. I don't, like, you should know better whether you're I, on the spectrum or not. Like, you should know that that is wrong. And I understand that he had a lot going on in his personal life. And that conversation with his mother, I thought was very touching. I thought Helen Hunt did a great job in that performance when she's sitting down talking to him one-on-one. But like on the flip side, like it, that's a fucking creeper fucking thing to do. And like even, even, okay. Just, yeah. Like, I mean, I love the movie Nightcrawler and you've got Jake Gyllenhaal playing a creeper the entire fucking time. Total creeper in that entire movie, but I still fucking loved it. I'm not saying that like him doing that is why I didn't like the movie. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, like, I don't think the movie came together that well, to be quite honest with okay. you. It was tackling a lot. And this this whole fucking, like, like lovesick bullshit by the end of it, I thought was stupid as fuck. This, like, this whole, and you you should know what I'm talking about. Like, this whole, yeah, like, yeah, I heartbroken fucking, I don't know. I thought, I thought it was pretty fucking dumb, this movie, at the end of the day, once once I got done with it. Like, okay. I thought John Leguizamo had a good performance. I would, I don't know. I would not recommend it. Like, if you want to watch a movie with a fucking guy being weird and doing weird shit, but still have an engaging fucking film, watch Nightcrawler with Jake Gyllenhaal. This was just like, I felt like this was a train wreck. Wow. I mean... <laughs> Sorry, I just didn't yeah, like no, it. No, I mean, that's it's fine. whatever. I mean, different that's strokes for different folks. I'm glad you liked absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, I think that's. I think that shows. Uh, I mean, there's probably a lot of people that agree with you because it doesn't have a really great, strong rating right now on IMDb. So, um, and and I certainly think that the movie does have its flaws. Uh, but I have to say that for the entire time, I, I was engaged. The, the the movie had my attention. I was too. Uh, it had my it had my attention too. But man, it did not deliver. I got you. Like I, I at the that. end of the day, I was not. At the end of the day, I didn't have a fucking half gallon bucket of spaghetti that I'm mowing down on with my fucking. You know what I mean? Like I was not enjoying this movie. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't know. It, like different stuff. Like I think that I, I you know, like. There, there, yeah, that like you enjoyed it. I have no problem with that. Like, that's fine. That's cool. I just, I, it just didn't land for me. Like the whole, oh God, I don't know. It just did not land for me. It was just, it was super weird. It was so super weird. And I don't know. It was just so bizarre. Like the whole, the whole thing with, I didn't understand Ana de Armas's character. I thought it was, I thought it was terrible of her for her to like say that. And I, did she even have a brother that was on the spectrum? And if she did, like, why would she be doing? I don't, I, I don't know. I didn't. Oh, this movie bothered me. 
Sorry. No, I can see that. No, no, it definitely. I can see that it, it definitely didn't. Um, it just it, it it just wasn't for you. Um, no, that's cool. I mean, as you said, right? Different strokes for different folks. I enjoyed the movie. I felt like with her character, I do think she did have a brother on the spectrum. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna lean towards that she did, and I think that. I think that she, I think she chose what she perceives to be love as overdoing the right thing. Um, to me, that just makes her a, a flawed person, which, I mean, everybody's a flawed person. Um, I don't know. I, I guess, you know, this movie clicked for me. It didn't click for you. Um, I, I get this movie. So I, guess, I get this movie. It was just a dark movie with dark people that I did not like. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess it's like 50 50. Like if, if people watch it, how they're going to feel about it. But yeah, I don't know. For me, it worked. I, I liked it enough that I, you know, I was, I gave it a high taste and I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. I just was like, I don't know. This was like the, the unsnickers movie for me because I was not satisfied. <laughs> I was not satisfied <laughs> at all. Like you start off with a fucking guy who's a creeper and then I don't know. And then all these fucking things happen around him by these other shitty fucking people. I don't know. It's just a bunch of shitty fucking people. And then the only person that, 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 that's, that, that I like is the fucking mom who still loves her fucking weird son for recording people. And then, uh, fucking John Leguizamo's trying to do his goddamn job. He's just trying to fucking do his fucking job. Everybody else is fucked up in this movie. And I'm <laughs> not saying, they, they and are. I'm not saying he's fucked up because it's on the spectrum. Don't even fucking misquote me. I'm saying he's fucked up for recording people in their private fucking moments. That's fucked up. And you should, <laughs> it, he should know, he should know it's wrong. Well, I think that he does know it's wrong. Yeah. I mean, I think the fact that he he hides it from the police, I think the fact that he removes the camera and the and the memory cards, I think he does know it's wrong. I think the movie is is presenting him as he's so focused on trying to fit in and not be lonely because he doesn't have friends that he makes a bad decision, a lot of bad decisions that he knows are not right. I think yeah. he knows they're not right, but he still does them because he's like obsessed with fitting in and just being like everybody else. This movie didn't and make I me feel anything. I didn't feel anything. I just felt like I felt dirty for watching it after it was over with. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I felt dirty. Like Take I want shower after. Yeah. I felt better watching a fucking th- 12 year old girl and Becky fucking kill these neo Nazis than I did watching this fucking creeper videotape people and then other people take advantage of people and this fucking guy slapping women around. I, yeah, I don't know. I, sorry, I cut you off again, but I, oh my God, this, this movie is like, I think it tries to be smart, but I thought it was dumb. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. (laughs) No, I mean that's okay. It didn't. It just didn't work for you. Yeah, Ty Sheridan didn't work for me either. I didn't really care for him in this one either. And Anna Armas, I loved her in Knives Out. Thought she was brilliant. Oh God, 
I didn't think she was terrible in this. I just didn't like her character. I'll, I'll say that mm-hmm. much. I didn't think she was a right. bad actor in this, but I did not like her character at all. She angered me. She made me angry. <laughs> <laughs> and the only guy, the only person doing their job was John Leguizamo. Now that's a, Sounds about right. He's a good guy. He did his job acting his ass off of this movie, and he did his job as that character being a good detective. And then Helen Hunt was being a good mom for the most part. I don't know. She's oh, she's kind of fucked up too. Fuck it. I don't know. <laughs> Fucking eating. What? Yeah, I don't know. Watch this movie. Make up your own fucking mind. <laughs> yeah, people people will agree with you, Rebecca, because everybody fucking hates me. They'll be like, "Oh, I love this movie." Jeez, oh, it's true. It's <laughs> true. Oh, I, I don't know what Brian was talking about. I love this movie too, Rebecca. You're so right. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. You. I don't want to fucking hear it. Don't tag me in your fucking shit. You fucking cunt. I don't give a shit. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't give a fuck what you thought about this movie. I didn't like it. I'm not right. Rebecca liked it. She's not wrong. It's whatever. So I'm not right. I'm not wrong. She's not right. She's not wrong. It's, it's just what you think. I don't know. These people on Twitter sometimes annoy the shit out of me, though. Anyway. as <laughs> 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 yeah, Night clerk. <laughs> <laughs> I like the reiteration of the name there. Yeah. After that speech. No, it's like sometimes sometimes people feel the fucking need to just fucking like I don't know to tell me on Twitter that yeah, yeah, well, I agree with oh fuck you then I don't give a fuck I didn't ask you I didn't know you existed until five fucking seconds ago. So, <laughs> give a fuck what you thought about the night clerk, Billy from Denver. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Billy from Denver. Wait for that email. Yeah, fuck you, Billy from Denver. Go get high. You can do that there now. So fuck off. Anyway, um, wow. I'm going to quiet there, didn't we? <laughs> You've been able to do that there for a long time. I know. I know. Oh, excuse me, Jake. I'm sorry. Like sorry if it wasn't so day. timely for you. You could do it there now. It's what? not 1972. Well, Jesus Christ, Jake. I, I fucking <laughs> I listened to Don Henley this morning. Give me a goddamn break. All right. You guys ready? I'm not even, I'm not even angry, everybody. This is all just a thing. I'm not even angry. I'm not even angry at all. We know, we know. I know, it's just an act. It's just a fucking act. All right, we're going to take a break, and we'll be back with the Pop Culture Leftovers news. Man, I was a I, I was a little cunt before break, wasn't I? 
Yeah, it happens. <laughs> it's usually right before the second break. You, you go full con. I know. I just got I got a little angry at like a a, a, a uh, hypothetical situation that I did, that I anticipated. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> we really calmed you down in that break, though, you know? Oh, Brian, I know. This is I, not even a real situation I know. That we're talking about. I threw a couple beer bottles at the wall, and <laughs> after that, I was all good, though. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, the audience doesn't know that that was a two-hour break. It was. <laughs> True. <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> two hours later. <laughs> two hours later. Uh, <laughs> I'm good. I'm good now, though. You know, blood pressure's down. We needed it. We needed it. I we got everything settled. We aired all our differences yeah. out. Listen to a yeah. little bit of Don Henley. You know, this is the a very bonding experience of the innocence. And I was like, all right, I'm good. I'm good. Although I do say I do uh, prefer New York Minute. That is, um, I, I'm a little biased though. I love songs about New York, but yeah, you know. <laughs> Oh man, I know it's a good song. I also it's love "New York song. State of Mind" by Billy Joel. That I, like, is I like that even more. God, I, I think that's one of the best. If, if we're going to rank, not that you wanted to, but if we're going to rank New York songs, it's going to be Frank Sinatra is number one, "New York, New York," and then two is going to be Billy Joel, "New York State of Mind," and then I think three would be uh, "New York Minute." By and Donna. if we're going to rank shows about New York, I love New York, starring Flavor Flav's <laughs> girlfriend. <laughs> Play, Bob, play. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go with boy. NYPD. <laughs> oh my god, I love those. I love that Flavor Flav show. It was so good. Oh god, it was so trashy and so good. I loved it. I it was trashy when fucking sure. pumpkin spit on New York. I was like, damn. Oh, oh my god. <laughs> and then he in the second season he had that one girl that they accused of pooping on the stairs. Yes. <laughs> Classic. Because <laughs> all the girls would like line up on the stairs. And I guess she was walking up the stairs and a little bit of poop came out. She pooped on the stairs. And there was like this this, this whole thing about this girl pooping on the stairs. <laughs> Alright, it's uh, <laughs> This is news right here. I don't know what you're getting ready to lead into. Oh my god. Uh yeah, pop culture leftover stews. Hear ye, hear ye, read all about it. It's a leftover news and there's no doubt about it. This news is gangster as fuck, yo. It's gangster as fuck, yo. I ain't got shit for news this week. This is stupid. I was I was I was reading an article on THR's Heat Vision newsletter where they're talking about the Matrix 4, like, resuming, you know, filming, and they're talking about uh, <sighs> Chad Stahelski, you know, um, working on... Uh, I'll just read it. I'll just read it. John Wick filmmaker Chad Stahelski is making the most of sheltering in place as he's knee-deep in development on John Wick 4 and his long-gestating Highlander reboot. As an added bonus, he's also been helping Lana Wachowski with uh, a sequence on The Matrix 4. The reason I wanted to read that is because he's still... Jake, he's still doing Highlander? What the fuck? Yeah, I had no idea that that was still going to be a thing. (laughs) I thought that that was the big takeaway from that article. 
personally. I had no idea he was still working on Highlander. Yeah, then that's going to be a reboot as well, right? Not a not a sequel. It's a reboot. Yeah. At this point, I think you have to. There's just too much lore they added on top of the original movie. No, I think you got to bring back Mario Van Peebles. <laughs> oh man, that's the worst fucking one. <laughs> no, God, people no. used to say it was two, but I think time has really made three the worst one. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know. I I think it. I don't know, man. Remember when Ryan Reynolds was attached to Highlander? Yeah, I thought that was good casting. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, I did too. Especially after fucking, uh, you know, he did, what was it? Uh, well, he, uh, he was Deadpool in the Wolverine Origins movie and using the swords. And so like, it just kind of made sense at that time. Uh, he ain't doing it now. There's no way. Who the fuck are they going to get for a Highlander reboot? Oh God! Yeah, who knows? Who knows? And who's going to be like the kind of the mentor, the the Sean Connery of it all as well? Yeah, I have no idea. Yeah, I think that movie's all in the casting. I think without a good cast, I don't think no one's going to give a shit about a Highlander reboot. Yeah, you put if you can actually get some big names to fill those shoes, then maybe you'll find an audience. But otherwise, I don't think anyone is going to give a shit. It's Chad Stahelski. Who knows who the fuck he's going to get? I don't know. Be interesting to see. That was the big. That's all I got for news. This week is fucking pathetic. Yeah. That, wow. There just wow. wasn't much this week. Like I, <laughs> the only two stories I even saw were the um, about the theaters possibly opening the week before Tenant comes yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then a- uh, AMC maybe may an official Mandalorian release date. Well, that's Star Wars news. We're not there yet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Jake forgot the format of the show. He's like, well, well no, there's just so little news that I just bunched <laughs> it all together. Like, I don't know. <laughs> 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 all right. I need another two hour break. <laughs> oh, man. I got to clean up the glass on my fucking floor after throwing that bottle. Um, no, what was it? Oh, AMC is like $2 billion. Even more in debt now, you know, with the shutdown and all that. I read that. Once too. they open back up and sell 15 tubs of popcorn, though, they'll be back in the green. Mm. <laughs> yeah, no shit. It's expensive. Um, Marvel News. Uh, X-Men and American Horror Story alum Evan Peters has reportedly signed on for a key role in the Disney Plus series Marvel's WandaVision. Further details about... His character are under wraps beyond it being a key role, according to the original sources, comicbookmovie.com. Peters previously portrayed the fan favorite role of Quicksilver in the most recent three X-Men films. Quicksilver is a character who is the sister of Wanda, uh, Maximoff, Scarlet Witch. Um, however, Aaron Taylor Johnson played Quicksilver in the MCU continuity in which WandaVision is set and in that continuity the character died in Avengers Age of Ultron set in the 1950s WandaVision will follow the story of Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany's superhero characters Scarlet Witch and Vision in a classic sitcom style as the two superpowered beings live out their ideal suburban lives they soon begin to suspect that everything is not as it seems 
Kat Dennings will reprise her role as Darcy Lewis, while Randall Park returns as FBI agent Jimmy Wu, Catherine Hahn, and Tayana Paris also star. So, any, any, there's no information on who Evan Peters would be playing. Reddit is already speculating. I'll get into that. Do you guys have any guesses? Hmm. No clue, honestly. Um, a major role, I guess that's really one of our biggest clues there. I can't really think of who he'd be connected to it. Maybe possibly Mephisto? That's, yes, that is, that's the biggest rumor on Reddit. It was just the biggest character I could think of that is involved with those two characters in the comics. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what people are saying on Reddit. It's people are of like two minds right now that he's either playing Mephisto or since this ties in with Dr. Strange and the multiverse of madness, Kevin Feige will bring in the Fox multiverse and have Evan Peters come back as Quicksilver from the Fox universe. That's what that's what I was thinking. That if they're going to do this as a, as, as a multiverse, that he would play Quicksilver, but from another universe, another like like parallel timeline or whatever. And, and Rebecca, you, you're not wrong. Mm-hmm. It's not like she's not wrong though. You can say no, that, that no. that's not going to happen, but like it could, you know, like that definitely could happen. That's not out of. It's definitely we can't say no to that because you know at this point. Disney, Marvel Studios owns the rights to that character, that even the Fox character that was used in the Fox films. I, I mean, do I think it's going to, do I, th- do I, th- Vegas odds, do I think that's going to happen? No, I don't, but it could happen. Yeah, I could see it, I guess. I just, that just seems too cute to do right now. Like, that's a big can of worms to open and, is Evan Peters Quicksilver really the way to begin that kind of merging of the two worlds? Uh, I don't know. Do they even have to merge the two worlds? That's true. It could just be we're kind of dipping our toes into the alternate reality for a second. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's very possible. I don't know. I lean towards the Mephisto thing more than him reprising Quicksilver. Uh, another theory that's been posed on Reddit is, and it's a character I'm not familiar with, Jake, and I don't know if you're familiar with or not, Samhain? No, I don't know that character. Samhain is an immortal demon born in prehistoric times. He feasted on mankind's offerings to the dead since the time of ancient Egypt. He was worshipped as a deity by the druids of Celtic Britain until they were slain by the Romans he was trapped within a druid tome during the Middle Ages and released in modern times accidentally by Scarlet Witch. Samhain attempted to be reborn by using Scarlet Witch's magic and turned three trick-or-treaters into monsters based on their costumes. And the, I think, like, the big reason that they're saying it could be Samhain is because they're saying, like, in, like, what looks like the 1970s, version of scarlet witch like we saw you know like 
from uh the you know like the 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 screenshots and that were released of this we saw her in like the 50s we saw her in the 60s we saw her in the 70s the 70s version looked like she was wearing the scarlet witch costume from like the 60s and they're saying yes. that, that they're saying that that is a halloween costume on reddit and so they're, they're, they're trying to, they're, this is a stretch. So it is Halloween. So that must mean it ties in with the kids that he turns into yes. things that they're dressed up as. Yes. That, that seems like a lot of six degrees of Kevin Bacon. To yes. Get to that character. Yes. 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 I agree. I agree. But it wouldn't be the first time that Marvel has kind of used like these fringe characters, you know, like this character, I, I think like showed up back in like, the Vision and Scarlet Witch comic book back in 1982. Like, that was the first... Yeah, I, sometimes I think they're better off using fringe characters. I mean, it means they're going to get less blowback from yeah. angry fans about doing damage to a beloved Marvel Comics character. And when you kind of dip your toes into one of these D or F-list characters, there's really no one you have to worry about displeasing. Yeah, that's true. Like, I mean... I don't know if anybody was upset at the portrayal of like, what was it? Ghost in Ant-Man and the Wasp. Yeah. Even like C-list characters like fucking Star-Lord. You right. Know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Kind of, kind of have a little bit more of a creative license when it's not Captain America or, you know, Magneto. Yeah. I don't know. Rebecca, would you want Evan Peters to return? As Quicksilver from the Fox MCU MCU universe, the Fox I mean, Marvel universe, excuse me. Yeah, I'm I'm not against it for sure. I I just don't want them to, and I'm not saying this will happen, but you know when when he was in the the in the Fox universe, you know they they the first time they did that really super cool scene where he ran really fast and i think they played time in a bottle and and like everything slowed down like that was super cool and then like they went back to it again and then like in apocalypse i think and then it was like okay that's we get it that's enough and like i just don't want them to fall <laughs> to that trope of doing that again i just think it's weird that I think like this show is trying to do its own thing. It's already trying to set up like things that are going to be future events going forward in Doctor Strange, the multiverse of madness. And then on top of all this, you're going to throw her brother from another dimension into this story. And then basically at that point, even though it's an alternate dimension, you are going to be making the Fox Marvel Universe canon within the MCU. I don't know. I think it's a lot for Ick. just just for them if they want to bring – and I loved Evan Peters as Quicksilver in the Fox movies. I, let, me, let me say this. I loved him in Days of Future Past as Quicksilver. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that I loved him in the – in. I didn't love anything in, in Age of Apocalypse. Um, no, not much to love. But, but I think it's a lot to, I think it's like fan, I don't know. I think it's fan, fans wishing, you know, fan, you know, fans wanting maybe. It's just, that. it's a bit, but like why this actor for this show? 
it's 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 just me. Well, why so have why nose. have why have Chris Evans, who was once the Human Torch, now be Captain America? I mean, it's not the first time they've done this. No, why I, have I, I guess- why have why have Michael B. Jordan, who was the Human Torch as well, be Killmonger? I mean, it, it, it's been done. They've done this before. I, Jake brings up Mephisto. I mean, I, I I honestly see that more as kind of like this has been done in the MCU. But they, they they've brought over actors in, from from Fox that have played different characters. Well, no, I, I I get that. I I don't. I I understand that. I'm just saying that. He played Quicksilver, and I I understand too that there was no Scarlet Witch character in that Fox universe, but they're ca- they've casted him in this show with the actress who's playing Scarlet Witch, who we all know in the comics was Quicksilver's sister. So I'm I'm not I'm not gonna like I'm not gonna put down money and be like this is 100 gonna happen. I'm just saying, could it be a little? a little tongue in cheek or a little bit of a wink and a nod of very self-aware of we totally get that he was Quicksilver and we're going to make him Quicksilver in a, in an alternate universe. Or could it be that, um, no, never mind. That's a stupid idea, but <laughs> I, I, I don't, I, do I think it's a hundred percent short? No. Could it happen? I think it could happen. Yeah, anything's um, possible. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it just feels a bit on the nose. Like, it, it, it feels very wink, like a like a wink fourth wall breaking to the audience to me. Like, like you know that we know that you know that we know what this is. Like, uh, which maybe I'm reading too much into that, but it just um, I, I think it could happen. I'm not against it, um, and I'm not against uh, Jake's uh, suggestion about Mephisto. Like, I think that could be really great too. This kid's me, a really good actor. Let me throw this out there. What if he just plays? Cat Dennings, uh, Cat Dennings plays Darcy. What if he's just fucking Darcy's boyfriend? Seems like a waste. As as a key role, I, I'm just I'm just saying, like like maybe like how many times have we overthought things in mm-hmm. in these kind of shows? You know what I mean? Like like oh they they cast this person, they're going to be this, they're going to be that, you know like. I, what what if what if what if we watch what if we like, WandaVision comes out and you know Darcy introduces her new boyfriend and it's uh, it's Evan Peters and his name is like you know Charlie or some shit you know what I mean like <laughs> that's all that's all I'm saying like could yeah. there be the possibility that we're just overthinking this it hasn't been confirmed that he's a that he's a villain that he's we we don't know I'm just I'm just throwing that out there as well. Yeah, I guess so. It's just the major character part is the part that I stumble upon thinking it would be something like that. So, yeah. And you can easily have him be Mephisto. And, I mean, he's going to look so different than he looked as Quicksilver, too, that I don't think that's going to be an issue where people are going to think, oh, what's Quicksilver doing as Mephisto, you know? Oh, sure. Like, look at, you know, Josh Brolin playing Cable, but then look at Josh Brolin playing thanos completely different yeah great comparison it's it's those two different types of characters this yeah. time here as well yeah yep we'll see i i mean i i have no idea i'm just i i don't i'm not 
saying that, yeah, but the fact that they're saying it is a key role makes me believe that he's going to be a big part of this season. And it is, it is Evan Peters. Like, yeah. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Um, I, I was telling you guys earlier, like I was really scraping the bottom of the barrel this week for news. So I went to MCU leaks subreddit and there's, uh, there's, there's a bunch of like rumors on, on that, that, um, oh God, who was, I, oh, I don't have the original poster and I apologize. Uh, but here's a bunch of rumors that came from this poster and this kind of picked up a little bit of steam and I'll go through some of these. Mark Ruffalo will reprise his role as Bruce Banner for a cameo in She-Hulk. However, it's important to note that his scenes will be flashbacks. Even though Jennifer Walters needs a blood transfusion from Bruce in the comics, in the show, the government has his blood from the events of The Incredible Hulk. Aside from She-Hulk, Ruffalo will co-star in a 2022 movie. Star in the 2022 movie. Co-star in a 2022. Co-star. Yeah. Okay, so kind of like the Thor thing. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. I, this is, I, I like that about She-Hulk too, just to go back to that real quick. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't want Hulk to be that big of a focus. He, he obviously needs to be involved in one form or another, but I'm fine with it just being a couple flashbacks explaining her origin and then move into the meat of the show, which is She-Hulk and her lawyer profession. I don't know. Here's the thing for me. It's like, I get it. I want her to have her own thing, but on the flip side, like, Marvel Marvel Studios has struggled with kind of like trying to find ways to keep Mark Ruffalo in this universe. Like they did a great job with Thor Ragnarok, but like part of the problem is they haven't done another solo Hulk movie because of the distribution rights with Universal. And so just trying to find different ways to put Mark Ruffalo into stuff, they have to be pretty creative now. So... Yeah, and they, they did it so well, and I, a lot of that's Taika Waititi too. I'm sure with Thor Ragnarok, yeah, kind of yeah. doing a little bit of the Planet Hulk adaptation within the Thor movie. But yeah, you're only going to have so many ways to do that before you start running out of ways to to kind of shoehorn shoehorn him in there. And he's a guy that I want to keep happy. Like I, I honestly, it's like if we lose Jeremy Renner as like Hawkeye, I'm not going to fucking cry. You know what I mean? But like. If they lose Mark Ruffalo as the Hulk, like, ugh. no, that's 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 going to be way more devastating. Yeah, right. It's gonna be, it is going to be way more devastating. I will be, I will be so upset if we lose Mark Ruffalo as as the Hulk. You got to keep giving him. You got to keep throwing stuff his way, yeah. though. Yeah. If you can't give him yeah. a solo movie, you got to give him some meaty stuff. You got to give him some stuff to do. I don't know. I think it makes sense to. I think it makes sense for him to have uh, obviously a role in the She Hulk show, only because, I, I mean, it's the Hulk, She Hulk. I, you know, that that just makes sense. But I definitely hope that if if it goes to a season two, um, we definitely shift the focus, like less Mark Ruffalo Hulk, more She Hulk. Like I, I, I get you kind of need him there in the beginning. Um, in that first season, but I, I hope that as the show goes on, like if it does, that the, the focus stays on her. 
I do too, but I also kind of want to see a scene of those two together just fucking some shit up. Oh yeah, no, no, I I want to see that too. I I just don't want like I don't want Mark Ruffalo's Hulk to hijack the show, and and not that I'm saying that Mark Ruffalo is like the guy who's going to do that, but I just I don't want his character or his performance to overshadow that. I mean, the show is supposed to be She Hulk, not the Hulk. So yeah, yeah, like that's I get that's it. my only. I totally get it. It's just like I'm trying to think of like. After Thor Ragnarok, like, where do we like? Wh- where do we? Yeah, put where him? do we put him? Where do we put the Hulk? Where? Where? Yeah, do like, we the, use yes, him in the movie? like this is easy. Like this is so easier said than done. If 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 Marvel owned the distribution rights to like, if Marvel one hundred percent owned this character, and they didn't oh, have yeah. to worry about Universal, but like. That's like, is Universal involved with the She-Hulk side of it at all? No, or is it just the Hulk. It's just the Hulk. Like that was She-Hulk was not in, included in that deal. I don't think. Like I think, and it really comes down to like first appearances. Sometimes it comes down to like first appearances of these characters, like where they first appeared. Because um, Spider Woman's a completely different entity than Spider Man. And it's because of like her first appearance and stuff like that. Like these deals that they worked out with these studios, you know, back in the nineties when, yeah, when Stan Lee was selling these characters off to different studios, it's, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's crazy. What is it? Like Namor is with, is Namor with Paramount? I can't remember. It's correct. Yeah. It's, it's weird. It's, 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 it's hard to keep track. Like, some of these characters you'll think to yourself like well is well namor would be a namor's first appearance was in like a in a what was it the old the marvel comics book right the same comic that the original android human torch was in yes yes i'm trying to think like what was that book called like amazing i thought it was just called marvel comics i mean you're, yeah, I think yeah. you're right though it was something else yeah yeah no yeah but it's like Trying to figure out like some of these characters, like who owns the rights to them. Like there's, there's been big debates about like, you know, who owns the rights to, you know, it could Kang show up in a, in a Marvel movie and it's like, oh no, Kang's like a, Kang's like, you know, a villain. Like he's, didn't he show up in like a Fantastic Four book or something? I don't know. So. Uh, Kang first appeared, I believe, in Fantastic Four as the character called Rama Tut. Okay. And then later appeared in Avengers as Kang for the first time. Yeah. But then later on was linked to being the exact same character as Rama Tut. So technically that Fantastic Four is the character's first appearance. Right. Yeah. I looked up Namor, by the way. It was Motion Picture Funnies Weekly, number one. What the? That's even, that's going even further back than. Yeah, they were. He was a timely comic character that was eventually bought by Marvel Comics and ah. then reintroduced into the Marvel comic universe. Back with back when Marvel oh, wow. was when it was timely comics. Okay. Yeah, and the Marvel first appearance is Marvel Comics number one in 1939. Okay. Wow. I don't know these rights. I, I couldn't. I couldn't tell you. I still don't know who fucking owns the rights to Spider Woman. I couldn't. T- I I think it's Marvel Studios. I don't know. I don't think Sony can do a Spider Woman movie. See, I just the way it seems they're so all inclusive with all the 
other Spider-Man characters, I, I really thought Spider-Woman was a Sony character. I thought that Spider-Woman, because, like, I don't know. How did they get Madam Web, but they didn't get Spider-Woman, you know? I I don't know. I've... <laughs> I can tell you. I, I have no idea. The only people that could probably tell you are people that have, you know, directed a Spider-Man movie that, that when, when you direct one of these, like, Marvel movies, whether it's with Sony or whether it's with, you know, Marvel Studios, they give you this gigantic fucking book of characters. I've, I've heard James Gunn talk about this. Like they gave James Gunn, like you know, Guardians of the Galaxy. They gave him this book, and they said, "Here, you can use anybody in this book in your movie." And I don't know, man. I don't know. Does Spider Woman? I I don't know where Spider Woman shows up. I have no idea. I've heard I've heard it could go either way. There's been a dis, there, there's been a debate about Spider Woman's rights for a long time. That character is kind of a mess anyway. Like it, there's three different versions of it in the comic books. It'd be hard saying what they would even choose to adapt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I think eventually we will see a spider woman in some form or another though in a movie. Yeah. Um, what other rumors do we got here? Uh, some of these I think are stupid. First of all, ABCs and Humans is not part of the MCU. Ms. Marvel will introduce three and Good. Ms. Marvel will introduce three and Humans <laughs> to the MCU. Black Bolt, Maximus, and Karnak are saying, they're saying, so they're going to show up in the Ms. Marvel series. As new characters that we've never seen before? Yeah, not from the Inhumans ABC show. Yeah, that's, that's a wise choice. Uh, but if they do, it won't be much more than a cameo appearance, is what they're saying. Um, one of the original six Avengers will appear in Loki. Also, Kid Loki and Lady Loki will appear as alternate versions of the beloved character. This show will heavily, uh, will tie heavily into Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. His appearance in the movie won't be that big, though, because the focus will be on the Scarlet Witch. The upcoming Fantastic Four movie will tie into an upcoming Avengers sequel via Kang the Conqueror. Ant-Man 3 will set up the Disney Plus Young Avengers show. Cassie Lang will lead the team with the with other members appearing in the other Disney Plus shows. Some of the members are Ms. Marvel, um, Speed, Wiccan. Uh, Hawkeye Kate Bishop and Kid Loki. I don't know, man. What's going on with this Hawkeye fucking series, first of all? Like, I, mean, that- I thought maybe it was possibly canceled, but everything I've read since I thought that says it's a go. Yeah. Oh my god, I would love to fucking see Wiccan in the Marvel, in like the MCU. Oh yeah, all those, I love all yeah. those Young Avengers characters. That's one of my favorite runs from the 2000s Marvel is the Young Avengers stuff. So good. I love Kid Loki, love Wiccan. Um, agents and of- that, the Fantastic Four Avengers Kang stuff ties into like what I was saying just about the way Kang first appeared in the comics. So yeah. that could possibly be a rumor just created out of that. Well, it doesn't matter now because they own Fox. It doesn't matter if it was Fantastic Four or Avengers. I, Kang the Conqueror, I think, was, they were, I think movie rights before this deal happened, I think Kang was with Fantastic, with, was with Fox. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Kang was with Fox. I think so. 
I think so. From everything that I've read in the past, I think Kang was with Fox before. A lot, a lot of those villains are just so back and forth in the comics, it's hard to remember. But it's it could be one of the... Jake, I don't know. I mean, we could... Like, could it have been, like, one of those things where it's, like, you know, Scarlet Witch can... You can have her in the MCU and you can have her in Fox. But same thing with Quicksilver, but, like, in Fox, you can only call him, you know, Pietro. And in Marvel, you could you can call him Quicksilver. Because, like, he was never called Quicksilver in the Fox movies. No, they kind of... they kind of danced around it yeah and they but they couldn't call them mutants in the mcu films because we couldn't use the term mutants in the mcu now we can't they call them special or like enhanced Enhanced, yeah they kind of danced around that too yeah that movie fucking sucked i fuck age age of ultra is garbage um thor love and thunder will use jane foster's breast cancer storyline with minor changes yeah, I feel like I've read that somewhere somewhere else too. Moon Knight and like... Blade will be Oh, go ahead. Oh no, no, go ahead. Moon Knight and Blade will be connected possibly for a future team up. Uh, that's a team up I'd love to see. Fuck yeah. Yeah, that would be awesome. That would be awesome. That makes a lot of sense too cuz Moon Knight has had a lot of run-ins with uh with vampires in the comic books. Yeah. Uh the Captain Marvel inspired What If? episode will follow what life would be like if Maria Rambo had flown Marvell and received powers. The powers would then pass on to her daughter. Uh, Bob Iger and Alan Horn want nothing to do with Sony's Spider-Verse, aside from Tom Holland, but Kevin Feige is open to the idea. Uh, unfortunately, Marvel Studios uh, has no plans for most of the previously canceled Marvel shows, Runaways, Cloak and Dagger, Jessica Jones, Iron Fist, Luke Cage, Daredevil and Punisher are the only ones with possible revivals. Um, no word yet on mutants. Um, there were more kind of like rumors. I don't know. Magneto. Magneto and Magda are Wanda's parents will be revealed in WandaVision. That would be cool. Wanda messes up reality big time in WandaVision. Enough for S.W.O.R.D. to need to try to kill her. Speaking of S.W.O.R.D., Monica Rambeau is an agent for them, and Darcy Lewis is a scientist. S.W.O.R.D. is supposed to be a space-based organization and aren't allowed on Earth. However, in order to find Wanda, they're going to need to go to the United States... When they get there, Jimmy Woo tries to stop them as he works for the FBI, but ends up being a double agent for S.W.O.R.D. This takes place shortly after the event, after Avengers Endgame. Hmm. I like the idea of Wanda, people like actually seeing her as a villain, like not the audience, obviously, but other characters like her being such a powerful presence that she needs to be taken down. Mm-hmm. I could see how that could tie into the Dr. Strange. Like maybe Dr. Strange ends up being the one protecting her from all these government agencies. Mm-hmm. They want to use her or something. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of like that. WandaVision will have some cameos. This agents of shield. Mostly that makes no sense to me. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. with that. No, no, that's, that's not going to happen. Um, 
Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness will have huge cameos from other movie actors. They're calling it the Civil War of Phase 4 in terms of the cast size. I, I could see there being a lie. WandaVision seems like that kind of show where we're bouncing all over the place. We're seeing a lot of different aspects. I could see it having a lot of cameos. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, we were just talking about whether or not Quicksilver from the Fox X-Men would be in this thing. Like, I feel like it's the perfect vehicle to have a lot of cameos. And yeah. But the only reason that we're even saying that is because they fucking had to cast Evan Peters. And like, that's like, what? Like, you have to ask that question. I mean, Rebecca, you came to that conclusion. I think everybody, everybody had to come to that conclusion. Mm-hmm. That, 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 I, like, I, yeah. yeah I, that, I absolutely think that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the Enchantress will appear in Loki and then Thor Love and Thunder. That's awesome. I, I love that character. That would make sense that she would be in Love and Thunder too. Um, Betty Ross will appear in She-Hulk. So they're saying that mm. Liv Tyler is going to re- finally come back and appear in She-Hulk. Seems unlikely. I've been hearing rumblings that she's going to come back. That'd be cool. I'm not against it. Yeah, I I've been hearing that for Tyler a while. Doing. I've been hearing it for a while that she's going to come back. Well, she did. Um, what was that show that she was? She was in The Leftovers, right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, she's been doing some stuff. I, I could. I'm sure she's still involved in stuff, but I couldn't tell you. Um, <clears throat> Oh, I like this. Moon Knight will tackle the debate of whether or not Mark Spector does. What Mark Spector does is in his head. I, I love that. That's, I mean, the character's just a bizarre character to begin with. It's like, you know, like, you know, uh, everything that's going on with that character, you know, like this ancient Egyptian god, like, if you, if, I don't know if you read the, um, was it the Jeff Lemire stuff that came out a few years ago? But it almost kind of tackled it as like he had like a, like, like, um, um, what was that movie? Split, where they have like, what do they call that? Dissociative identity disorder is kind of like how they tackled the character in like the most recent run that I read with Jeff Lemire. And Even th- Bendis was kind of doing that right before Lemire. No, you're right. It was Bendis. That's I was it the Bendis stuff that I can't remember if it was Lemire. Bendis, or Bendis. had it where he thought he was different superheroes. Okay, then I was and reading he had the different Lemire stuff. different identities. Yeah, I was reading the Lemire stuff. So, yeah, that's all I got for Marvel news. I, I was like, literally just looking for rumors, and that's all I could. This week fucking sucks, Rebecca. I apologize that you had to be on such a. Oh gosh! Fantastic <laughs> episode. <laughs> what can we do? I mean, there's no news. There's no news. What can we do? <laughs> DC. Yeah, I agree. It, yeah. it felt like we were playing Super Password there instead of Marvel news. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know if people think the rumors are cool. Whatever, have at it. I don't know if they're true or not. I just from some dude on fucking Reddit. So it had a lot of traction though. Um. Paul Dano was talking about the Batman script and what were his quotes? Oh, I read this stuff. Yeah. He said, um, I was filming. I flew home to visit my baby and then didn't get 
to fly back to set because of coronavirus, which is a really strange thing. But I feel really good about it. I think Matt Reeves is the real deal. I was really surprised by his script, which I think is is potentially really powerful. Hopefully we'll get back to it sometime soon. I'm not sure. Um, there's something fun there in my character and in all the characters. It's the kind of movie that we're just desperate to share on the big screen in a big way. So I hope we all figure this coronavirus situation out and get excited to see a Batman movie. It will be worth it. It's going to be really cool. So he's excited. I thought the guy that did this interview really dropped the ball and got like nothing of importance out of Paul Dano here. Like he likes... Oh, my God. He sounded like James Gunn promoting Marvel movies that he didn't direct. Like, here's... Uh, <laughs> what What is Matt Reeves letting them... What is the studio letting anybody say about this? Like, all we really know about this is, it like, it could be... It could be adapted from the long Halloween. It's going to be Batman in his early days investigating a mystery. And he's not the world's greatest detective yet. Yeah. Like yeah, we, I agree. It's just, he, he just offered nothing though. It was like, Oh, it's the real deal. I know. Blah, blah, blah. I know. And like, and my character's got this interesting thing going on. Have you seen that the pictures of the Batmobile have been taken down off Twitter? Mm-mm. Well, oh, not, really? not the official ones, but there's been some Batmobile pictures that were posted by supposedly the guy that was like the guy that was working on the Batmobile. And, uh, I posted them. And since I posted them, like I retweeted them, they've been taken off of Twitter. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Usually they're not too crazy about pulling stuff down like that. It seems like normally a Fox move. Yeah. Uh, more news about Henry Cavill's possible return to the role of Superman. And the news comes from THR's Heat Vision newsletter. The situation with Henry Cavill and Superman is complicated. Sources tell Heat Vision that Cavill is not in any negotiations for any cameo. Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. And that, <laughs> and that the character is currently not in any written script. Not in Black Adam. Not the Batman. Not even in The Flash. Which would be the most obvious project to insert the Kryptonian seeing as the film deals with both time travel and an alternate Earth and can serve as an easy entry point. The key word in all of this is currently. There is, however, interest in and ideas about and exploratory talks regarding what a Cavill appearance might look like. But remember, in Hollywood, anything goes. Cavill as Superman was just to have made a cameo appearance in 2019 Shazam!, but when talks got too complicated, the scene was just shot was shot with just the Man of Steel's torso. So, yeah, um, I don't know all the rumors that we went over last week. Um, THR's Heat Vision newsletter saying none of that's happening. Like, there's no talks yet. They don't know what they're going to do with Cavill at all. Yeah, I believe it. I believe it. That's I a big know. can of worms. I don't know, man. I don't know. Like comicbook.com seemed pretty damn adamant that they were going to use him like, you know, the Incredible Hulk is used in the MCU. Yeah, I just, I mean, like I was saying last week, I, I, unless there's a big payday for Cavill, I don't see him being interested. Unless there's a, not payday, but payout, like, you know, like a story payout for him. 
I I agree with you. Like if the, if if these roads don't lead to Man of Steel too, what what the fuck? But like mm-hmm. on the flip side, like they're talking about, you know, like Henry Cavill Superman being kind of like a mentor to Shazam and Shazam Two. Kind of love it. Kind of love it. Kind of reminds me of uh, Homecoming, where Tony Stark, you know, in there working with with. With Tom Holland's Spider Man, mm-hmm. yeah, I, you know Shazam too. If if you get Superman popping in there and showing him how to be, a, you know, a superhero and you know and all this stuff, and then and then you know we talked about last week how like these movies could all lead to like a showdown between Black Adam, Superman, and Shazam. Man, that could be a lot of fun. But like, uh, well, mm-hmm. it, it could it, it could still happen. But like, is Cavill in their plans? Are they planning to work with this actor still? We don't know. I don't know. Yeah, that would be cool. I, I love the idea of, I, and I think Cavill, that would be a big enough end game for him to do a bunch of cameos. But unless that big enough end game is there, I don't think he's going to be game for that shit. Man, I would love, Cavill, I mean, god damn it, I love this guy as of late. Loved him in The Witcher, loved him in fucking Mission Impossible 7. And like, to see him, The Rock, and then, you know, what's his fucking name? Uh, what's a what's a guy's name that plays uh, Shazam? Levi something? Levi Zachary Fla- Levi? Zachary Levi. I was gonna say Levi Five Hundred One Blues. I had no idea what the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be cool. I don't know. I I'm not gonna read these. This is ridiculous. I've got a fuck ton. If you wanna if you wanna see them, I'll post the link to this in the show notes. And it could be legit. I have no fucking clue. But 4chan is at it again with Snyder Cut rumors. And there are a ton of them. And so it's, a lot of this sounds fucking legit. Like, what could we... Like, it's a rundown of everything that will be included in the Snyder Cut. Now that it's confirmed that Snyder won't film any new material aside from fully CGI scenes. And, I mean, it's got... It's very detailed, down to like the two post credit scenes. Hmm. I'll put it in the show notes, and if for some reason it doesn't show up in the show notes for you, you just go to the webpage, go to popcultureleftovers.com, and click on the fucking link in uh, in the website, and you can go there. And if for some reason, if by the time that I post this, if this is taken down. Just send me a message, Brian at popcultureleftovers.com. I'll copy and paste it because I have it. If you really want to see this, but this is from 4chan and I don't know. It's got a lot. I mean, Jake, it's one of those things where it's like whoever wrote this really knows their shit because it lines up with a lot of the Snyder Cut rumors that we've heard. Yeah, it's either real or someone really fucking did their homework. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, I'll uh, I'll send you the... I'll put the link in the show notes, and if for, for some fucking reason, if it gets shut down, which I don't think it will, then just, just send me an email. Star Wars news, Jake already fucking broke it early. God, this episode fucking blows. There's fucking zero goddamn news this week. This, I, 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 yeah, I, wow. I can't fabricate fucking news. I'm going on fucking Reddit. I'm looking up 4chan fucking rumors for crying out loud, people. I'm trying. 
I'm really trying this week. It was just a bullshit week for news, and I apologize. I wish I could bring you more. Uh, John Favreau confirms that The Mandalorian Season 2 is ready to drop in October this year. So that's great news. They they finished all principal photography, and they just had to work on this, you know, the, the, the special effects, the VFX shots and stuff like that. But it will be ready to go in October. That's awesome. I can't wait. I'm so so excited for looking forward for to that. Season two. Looking forward to that Peyton Reed episode. I want to know. I want to know. <laughs> am I looking forward to the Peyton Reed episode? Yeah, I want to know. Are you are you dying to see the Peyton Reed? I am. I am. I'm curious. I'm curious to see what fucking Peyton Reed is going to do with Star Wars. Um, it'll be interesting. I mean, I, I'm not going to lie. I am intrigued. I am intrigued to see what he's going to do with with Star Wars. I think um, it's going to be the worst episode of The Mandalorian we've ever seen. It could be. It certainly could be. I'm. It doesn't. It doesn't mean I'm not any less interested because God knows I love a train wreck. So I mean, I mean, either way, it's a win win for me. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. Know. I just couldn't tell you, Jake. I couldn't tell you what Peyton Reed is going to bring to the table here. Like I feel like I feel like I can go back and watch The Mandalorian, and I can be like, oh shit. That episode is so, you know, fucking like, like, uh, like Bryce Dallas Howard brought that to that episode, you know? Um, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Taika, Dave Filoni, Dave Filoni, Taika Waititi, like they brought, like, I'm really excited about season two of The Mandalorian because we're getting Sean Favreau's actually directing an episode. Robert yes. Rodriguez. Robert Rodriguez. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what fucking paint by numbers vanilla shit is Peyton Reed gonna bring? That's the thing. I can't, honestly, I cannot, like, I don't know what, like, what's his, what's his thing? Like, I, you can tell me, you can sit back and tell me you loved Ant-Man and you loved Ant-Man and the Wasp. And that's fine. You can even sit back and tell me that you fucking loved Michael Pena and his ridiculous humor in those fucking movies. But I dare you to tell me what is the signature stamp of Peyton Reed's directorial style in those movies. Because yeah, I no, have no clue. What I mean, other than just making shit shrink, like he should just Yeah, be, I was getting ready to say Mandalorian. It's gonna be an episode where Mando shrinks down to baby Yoda's size. Right, yeah. <laughs> I mean he might as well just direct the fucking honey I shrunk the kids reboot at this point or whatever. Yeah, baby Yoda's gonna have Mando on his back that episode. Mm. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> uh, I am just not looking. I don't know. I actually, I'm, I'm not looking forward to the Peyton Reed episode, but I am dying to see, like, what it's gonna look like. Like what? I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. I think it'll just be mediocre. I don't. I can't. I can't. <laughs> oh, it's, yeah, it's I, definitely yeah. a recipe for the most mediocre episode of the series. Yeah. Yeah, the, they're gonna call that episode the Blandalorian. <laughs> yeah, there's your fucking dad joke. There's your fucking was, dad joke. That was good though. Yeah. Oh, that that, that was that oh. was a superior dad joke. Right oh, there. oh, uh, ooh, dad, uh, yeah. Like I'm the I'm the second evolution of a Pokemon or whatever for a dad joke. <laughs> Fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> 
I, I, on the other end of the spectrum of the of Peyton Reed directing a Star Star yeah. Wars episode, I, I'm super excited to see what Robert Rodriguez does. Oh my with, god! With Star- I mean, can you imagine? I can't like, imagine. Action, action, action! Oh god! I just do you do you guys know if if Tyka's going to direct more for them? He's for not. He's not. This he's season. not. He was too busy to oh, do it for okay. season two. Okay. Yeah, he's I was got, just curious. He's got. Um, oh, he he. He was His doing soccer the movie. soccer movie and then Thor Love and Thunder. He can't do mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. But still, wow, Robert Rodriguez, uh, that's like, it's a huge get. <laughs> huge fucking get. Can't wait for that. You know what, you know what else is a huge fucking get? What? Anal. If you can fuck, if you can, <laughs> guys, if you can pull that off. It's a huge fucking game. I don't know, man. I don't know. I hit mute and slap myself for not knowing the answer to that. Yeah. That's a huge fucking get. If you can get, like, it's not, I'm not saying like, I'm, I'm not saying like I'm into anal. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying like, if you can get it, if it's an option for you, that's a huge fucking get. Good for you. And you could be if someone would let you try. Dude, I've rocked some anal. Don't even, don't even, don't even, don't even. <laughs> don't, I'm not even going to sit here and fucking bullshit. Yeah, I've rocked some anal. What happened? It's been a long time, but I have rocked some anal. Was hypnosis involved? No, hypnosis was involved. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. But I heard some noises that I've never heard another human being make in their entire life. (laughs) I'll tell you that much. That's all I'm going to say. No, I'm good. I don't need to hear these noises emulated. Oh. Okay, hold on. It started off. I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm going to go get my whoopee cushion and fill it with water. Uh, Rebecca, I bet, aren't you glad you came on for this one? Oh, so glad I cleared my schedule. Yeah. For this oh my god. <laughs> <The> sincerity. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Are we ever gonna get you back after this one? Oh yeah, you know I will. Alright. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Jesus Christ. What a terrible episode, Jake. Oh yeah, this was one of our bottom ten, I think. Yeah. Wow, that's that's harsh. <laughs> Not counting the first a hundred. Oh, okay. bottom, bottom ten episode. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, not proud of this one. Not gonna lie. <laughs> No, 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 no. I will not be retweeting the link to this episode. (laughs) This is like one of those episodes that you wish that Aunt Becky would fucking like pay its way into being a good episode. (laughs) Yeah. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. Just like all good left. Thank you, Rebecca. Hey, thanks for having me. Always, ta- always a good time to talk to you guys. No, no, God, you don't have to lie. Jesus Christ. <laughs> all right. Just like, uh, just like, how, how's how, what do I say, Jake? Just like all good left. I'm saying on the talking back. Say, thank you for having paid for this. Say, say, Is that what I say? <laughs> Yeah, that was 95%, right? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, alright, we'll see you next week, episode 330, what the, what the fuck, 337? Jesus Christ. 337. That's stupid. That's fucking it is, it dumb. Is stupid. And God, the way it's been with stuff coming out, pretty soon we're gonna have to like, actually review Quibi shows or some shit. 
Oh God, that, those episodes will actually be like thirty minutes long. <laughs> we should do a Quibi podcast. Huh. Oh my God, Quibi podcast! All we do is review Quibi shows, and the sh- and the podcast only lasts like twenty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a top ten episode. Yeah, yeah. We'll be back next week with episode three hundred and thirty-seven. Do you know what three hundred and thirty-seven tells me? I have no fucking life. That's what it yeah. fucking took. Welcome, welcome back for like Epi- seven years. For seven years, welcome back to episode three hundred and thirty-seven. Yeah, you may have had anal before, but I guarantee it wasn't in the last seven years. Oh no shit! <laughs> when have I had time for anal? When have I had time for it? Oh my god! I'm not sticking my dick in any poop shoot the past seven years, Jake. What the fuck? No. What the fuck? A lot of, a lot of fucking anuses have been neglected in the last seven years. And I blame, I blame PCL. I, I think you look no further than blaming PCL. I don't know. Yeah. Oh god. Epis, what the fuck? And who the fuck is looking, after 336, who the fuck is listening, who's looking forward to 336? Oh, I, after 336, can't wait for 337! After the yeah. after the oh, bang, we need after, big we need something big next week. Big news, cross your fingers. After the after the bang up week we had this week, Jake. Can't wait for three thirty seven. Woohoo Yeah, it's gonna be bad. It's gonna be the podcast podcast equivalent of the movie Alive. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Would you what do you do what part of the body do you think those people were eating, those soccer players on that mountain? What do you oh, think? Oh you start they're... you start with the rump. That's where the good meat you is. You gotta eat the butt, dude. <laughs> yes, yes. Not to get back to that again, but You gotta eat the butt. No, we weren't talking about eating butt is a completely different thing than fucking a butt. Yeah, no, absolutely. But I agree that that is the probably the most tender part on a person. I would agree with that as well, Rebecca. Yeah. We're on the same page. This is not like our fucking night manager or the night clerk or whatever the fuck that movie conversation was. <laughs> we totally disagreed. But it's great to know that even though we didn't like that movie, we can both agree that the best probably tender person part of a person to eat is a person's butt. Absolutely. I agree. <laughs> 100% co-sign that. Oh, man. Oh my god, I hope I'm never forced into a situation where I'm on a mountain with a bunch of soccer players and we're slicing into somebody's ass. I mean, you know what I mean? I'm like, just wait till next week. Yeah, it's like, what are you doing? <laughs> Eating some butt brisket. Oh my god. Fuck that shit. Oh man, that's some hype for next week. Yeah. Guys. Thanks for listening to whatever the fuck you just listened to. Um, maybe, I don't know. You know what? Unsubscribe. I get it. I would. Just, you know what I mean? Yeah, just hit that button. Just do it. Unsubscribe. I get it. I would. I would. Jake, I would. I, I did about maybe 45 minutes. <laughs> I would. I'm not even lying. I'm not going to sit here. I am not going to sit here and bullshit you. And say that this was a fantastic. Oh, thank, thank you for joining. Oh, Jake, well, we we did we we did a good one this week. Oh boy, sir, yes, sir, Bob. 
<laughs> oh yeah, you know how people like retweet the podcast and they're like, "I'm on this" when they're guest starring. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, like, I, totally I, I am not on this. Don't Re- listen. Rebecca, Rebecca just feels shame right now for being involved <laughs> in this. Like she's gonna, she's gonna contact me, and she tomorrow she's gonna be like, "Brian, can you edit me out of that episode completely?" Yeah. <laughs> Please don't, uh, please don't mention that I'm on this episode. I'm deeply embarrassed right. to be attached to it. <laughs> <sighs> Fuck me. All right. We'll see you next week with episode, episode 337 because we're still doing this. All right. <laughs> 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 Oh man, we're gonna fucking edit Rebecca out, replace her with Christopher Plummer. <laughs> That's funny. That's a good one, Jake. <laughs> See when all mine are dad jokes, but Jake says anything. I I always get the dad jokes. <laughs> Yeah, dads don't even know who Christopher Plummer is. Yeah. All right. And if they did, they'd make plumber jokes. That's true. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm surprised. Uh, yeah, like some, like, fucking, like, oh, is that Mario? That, that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. All right. Let's, all right. Uh, uh, bye. Later. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a T-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat, but it's all been done before. And we don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good it, toss it, good it, Do we love it? Hey, let's face it. Can you erase it? Let's embrace it. Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carryover, counterculture, pushovers. Pop culture. Leftovers. And with the uncool kids. What's to say's already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Podcasts that are original and good. Have already been done before, so we should separate the wheat from the shaft and give a shaft of crap, even though we're the shit. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps, dropped by the poor kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good and toss it, good and taste. Do we love it? Hey, let's make it, can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture carryover. Counterculture pushover, pop culture. Leftovers. And with the uncool kids. What's to say's already been said Leftovers Pretty sure that the only talent Is the band that's singing this Pop culture leftovers Do we 
love it. Hey, let's face it. Can't embrace it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over. Counterculture pushover. Pop culture. Leftover. I'm cool, kids. What's to say has already been said. Leftovers. It's the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers.